Talk Live. It is your show, and you can take control of the airwaves toll-free at 1-800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line for you, 1-800-259-9231. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site are totally free, so enjoy those on us. That, again, is freetalklive.com. Well, coming up tonight, of course, lots to talk about. In fact, Mark, you and I went out and did... Some political action today. We did. We'll, we'll talk about that. We actually had somebody on the line a moment ago that wanted to talk, and he dropped off during the news. So hopefully he'll come back. We'll hold off for that. But there were a couple stories. Uh, in fact, there were a few stories that uh, we had for Saturday night, and the show went so well as far as a bunch of people just calling in to talk about stuff. We never got to them. I suspect that it's going to get more and more like that as we uh, add new stations. It's a, it's a good problem to have, and uh, though I did really want to address this issue because right now, you're in the midst of uh, of this issue, Mark. You are, in my opinion, uh, addicted to Diet Coke. Uh, there's one in your hand right now mm. as we speak, and there's frequently one in your hand while you're here in the... <laughs> trying to slurp into the microphone. There's frequently one in your hand while we're here in the studio. You have a, a pack of Diet Cokes in the fridge, uh, it, or nearby the fridge. We'll only allow you to put so many in there. You would put them all in if you could. Well, it's good to have Diet Coke cold. Right. Uh, so in order to feed your uh, your addiction to them. So so what part of the Diet Coke am I ad- addicted to? I don't know. Um, I, I would presume you could easily be addicted to something else, like Dr. Pepper, uh, which I've seen you drink as well. I, I, I think that I prefer Diet Dr. Pepper these days, but uh, Diet um, Coke comes in a caffeine-free version. Ah. And so I've been, you know, I switch between them depending on whether or not I need to medicate myself. <laughs> really? I didn't know that. That's That's <laughs> unusual. Well, let's talk about this, because a lot of Americans, not only do they have uh, addictions to Diet Coke, but also just a soda pop in general. Mm. And I think it's a serious, I think it's a serious problem. And in fact, Americans, I, I'm always somewhat amused by um, when I'm in a retail establishment. I got it a lot when I was in, um, when I worked in retail, because uh, back in the day, I worked for three and a half years at the, the Big K. Yes, you did. And, um, and And back then, I was a soda drinker, too. It was... Over half of the way through my career in retail, that I that I quit uh, completely. I remember you uh, decided you told me that you're going to start drinking water, and you started bringing in a big jug of water to work every single day, and yeah. you were going to drink that water like it was medicine. <laughs> you know, I'm going to be a better person when I'm done drinking this jug of water today, well, and every day, forever after. You know what? I I think it was a good move for me. I, I, I I'm very pleased with my transition to water. Water think, is my friend. I think, that, but you know, you've gotten used to water. But I think mainly you you switched to water out of frugalness. No, that really wasn't it. Oh uh, boy, that really wasn't. That was a good. Uh, that was a nice little side bonus. Mm-hmm. The fact that it doesn't cost much to have water, and it doesn't have cost much to have good water either. Uh, but really, the issue was um was health concerns. Not that I was sick or anything like that. It's just that. Drinking soda all the time just plain isn't good for you. No, I, I would say that that's probably true. You can't uh, you, you can't just drink soda. But you know, soda is your body was meant to process water. Water mixed with stuff. Yeah, not the same. <laughs> but you could you could use that excuse, but it's it's not the same. Uh, ABC News reporting. I don't think you get the quality hydration from soda that you do from water. I, I would give you that. Yeah, definitely not. Although in, that, in fact, of course, I don't know if this I don't think this article covers this, but. You, if you're drinking a caffeinated beverage, you might as well just not be getting any hydration. I mean, it's going to cool you down if you're hot, but uh, caffeine, of course, is a diuretic, which means that it's 
going to make how you go number that, one. How is it that people as that quickly drink, as possible? I, I'm not sure I agree with this. Uh, I think that there's been a lot of propaganda out there by the pro water people. <laughs> there's a pro water people oh, out oh, there. Oh no, no, yes, there absolutely are pro water people out there. Really? You've got to drink eight eight big old glasses of water now, a day, I think and you're going to die. Yeah, it is. It is crazy. Yeah. Um, secondly, that uh, you know, caffeinated beverages are, are diuretics, and therefore drinking one is the same as not drinking anything. You're not getting any hydration from it. Poppycock. I didn't say it was the same. I just no, said it might as well th- be. That's what they say. That's in fact you're you're, you're only repeating the, the 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 big water party line. Um, and I'm sorry, but there are people out there that drink nothing but coffee and soda pop. And those people are not dead yet. Obviously, they're getting some level of water from it, but they, you you can't deny that caffeine's a diuretic, and it makes you have to you know, it makes you have to go number one. Well, so does water. I mean, yeah, no, 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 no. It makes you have to go much faster than water. I don't know if that's I... why you're up in the bathroom every thirty minutes during during the show. I drink one soda a day. Is that Tops. right? Is that all you drink? Tops. Okay, that's good. Because I wanted to know. No, 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 no. Do you remember when we went to see the uh, America Freedom to Fascism by Aaron Russo? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Excellent movie. Go see it. It's good. Um, or you know, rent it or whatever you got to do online. The um, we I drank water on the way up. That's all I had. Now, good do for you, you. Do you remember um, <laughs> how often I went to the bathroom during the what four and a half hours we were there first no, I watching don't. the uh, We the People? Um, it was such an issue that the people at the end of the row were like, "Hey, man, do you want to sit out in the end of the row here with us?" <laughs> I got, I must have gotten up every twenty minutes, yeah, and it was just from water because okay. water makes you pee too. Well, you just have a tiny bladder. I do have a uh, the, the, a bladder the size of a walnut. All right, so I want to hear from you if uh, you've got a habit and you want to talk about it. You know, what is it like? How many sodas do you drink a day? Do you find that it's detrimental? Are you having trouble quitting? Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one to the story from ABC News. Although many Americans can't start their day without a cup of coffee or tea, diehard fans of diet sodas claim there's no substitute. Elton John, Victoria Beckham, and even former President Clinton admit to being hooked on diet coke, and they're not alone. For many, diet sodas fulfill a craving for sweets while giving drinkers a jolt of caffeine with few or zero calories. Amanda Sanchez, a 29-year-old mother of two, is a self-professed diet coke junkie. She says, it's my water. It keeps me going. It's the fluid that keeps me alive. Wow. I really think I'm addicted, and I really think it would be very hard for me to stop. Well, I, 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 caffeine is addictive. Is it? Is Absolutely it? addictive. If you, are, um, if you drink caffeine on a regular basis mm-hmm. um, and, and, quite a, and quite a quantity of it, and then you decide, I'm not going to have any more caffeinated beverages anymore. Cold You'll turkey. headaches. Um, your body Get will irritable. respond with uh, you know, sweats. Yeah, absolutely. Caffeine, addictive. Well, Amanda Sanchez drinks more than a case of Diet Coke a day. A day? Or 12 cans. Almost one for every oh, hour she's case, awake. A case is 24. Okay, well, it says Th- it's They're a calling case. it a case. All right. Uh, it's her main state. What do you call the? T- is it just a 12-pack otherwise? I, that's what I would call it. 12-pack or Six-pack, 12-pack case. case. Yeah. It's her main staple. I consider it a food group in our house, says her husband, Henry. She drinks it at home and at work. Her co-workers, uh, co-worker says you hear her pop in the top. You know when Amanda shows up to work, you can hear it in the Coke. Sanchez says the Diet Coke helps her make it through her day. Quote, I really like the fizzy of the diet soda. I really like the coldness and the taste and the sweetness. If anything goes wrong, I'll just grab a diet soda and it's all better. Well, that's that's a nice this? thing about life. <laughs> if if you can have something that uh, like a diet soda that that you can grab and it'll make it all better, mm, that's a good thing. 
While the uh, Diet Coke and other diet sodas are hugely popular in the United States, with consumers spending $21 billion a year on the low-calorie drinks, those are just the diet sodas that American consumers are buying. While the drinks may be low in calories, they have plenty of caffeine, which can be addictive. People do indeed become addicted to caffeine and very rapidly, and they also withdraw from caffeine very rapidly, said uh, one of the doctor specialists at the Mount Sinai Medical Center. It can make their sleep patterns disturbed. It can make them restless, wired, and anxious. There's no major study that says drinking diet sodas is bad for you, but some health experts say it may have health consequences down the road. A nutrition expert at Yale says there's some evidence that the acid load of soda, regular or diet, has an adverse effect on bone health. I'd be very worried if you're going to be drinking 12 cans a day, diet or regular, it's potentially going to do damage to your skeleton. Yeah. And eventually, that could be a serious problem. The Coca-Cola company, of course, says it sees nothing wrong with drinking lots of Diet Coke. <laughs> Great taste, no calories, wholesome ingredients. Uh, How know, could you drink too much, said their just, communications director. I can just see it playing <laughs> out in the media now. This is just like what when the people first started coming out against smoking. Pretty soon, <laughs> caffeinated beverages gone everywhere. Well, that I, for people. that I don't want to see. Oh, I know you don't want to see it. I'm just saying that um, there are people that believe like you, and they don't mind using the law. I see. Where are you coming from? Sanchez, uh, one of the experts, or no, this is the crazy woman, uh, she feels perfectly healthy, but admitted that it might be time to stop, saying, I'm going to cut back, I'm going to stair-step it, start at 12, cut back to 8, then cut back to 4, and then try to cut back completely and replace it with water. I've never done that before, and it's going to be a huge thing for me. What's your addiction? 800-259-9231. Is it soda? How many do you drink a day? Are you up to 12 like this lady? Is it a problem for you? And what about the monetary aspect? This is Free Talk Live. Do you feel like you should be free to live your life however you want, so long as your actions don't harm anyone else? There's good news. You are not alone. Thousands of people like you are going to move to New Hampshire so we can reclaim our lost liberties. Be part of the Second American Revolution. Join the Free State Project. You can learn more at freestateproject.org or call toll-free 1-888-532-4604. That's 1-888-532-4604 or visit freestateproject.org. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show, and you can take control of the airwaves via the toll-free number, 800-259-9231, the SACL CAI toll-free line for you. And you can uh, join us on our website at freetalklive.com. Live streams are there, broadband version of the show, and a dial-up version waiting for you completely free at freetalklive.com. And by the way, it is Ian here with you. And Mark. And uh, once again, join us at freetalklive.com. And do you, do you know that nine out of ten lawsuits in the world are filed right here in the United States? Any number of lawsuits, court orders, or greedy bureaucrats could leave you and your family penniless. At KeepYourAssets.net, they're experts in sheltering your wealth. You'll see that KeepYourAssets.net can help you be protected against those that wish to take your assets. That's KeepYourAssets.net. So we're talking about a soda addiction. Now, a lot of people talk about cigarette addictions or heroin addictions, and admittedly, I don't think that a soda addiction is quite as perilous. Well, there's there's a lot of people who are uh, very functional uh, soda addicts. Absolutely. Um, you probably have a much dif- more difficult time. Now, I don't have any experience in this arena, but a uh, much more difficult time, say, being a uh, functioning um, heroin addict or a functioning speedball addict. <laughs> yeah, I would guess so. 
But the story we uh, the story we brought up was from ABC News, and they're um, following a little bit of the life of a woman who drinks 12 Diet Cokes a day. Now, the story was more about a diet cola addiction than anything else or diet soda addiction. But but let's be frank. Uh, Americans drink a lot of soda mm-hmm. of all varieties. Well, it's, it's advertised pretty heavily. And it people, is. People sort of believe advertising. It's popular. And uh, it, it's always amazed me how Americans will, uh, you know, they go crazy over a good sale on soda pop. If you're a retailer and you put soda on sale, you've got to put, if you have a good sale, you have to put a limit. You have to put a limit on the number of bottles that you can buy because Americans will come in and just go nuts. And they'll buy a whole flat of, of sodas if it's the right price. Well, <laughs> I imagine that's that's true. I know most uh, of the, the big box stores run a special either on Coke or Pepsi alternating weeks. Right. Um, and generally they have a two or four case limit at that point. I can't imagine, um, you know, you can't make it till the next week. Um, <laughs> but who's to say that you want to go to uh, Walmart every every other, every other week? I, you know, I'm, I'm sure I I've don't. seen people roll through a checkout line with a cart full of nothing but soda. And it's just amazing to me. The, the amount of money that is spent... On soda in America is it's it's staggering. Twenty one billion a year on diet colas alone, uh, or low calorie drinks. Uh, Twenty one billion a year on the low calorie drinks. So they're talking about diet sodas, and I could probably pull up the numbers for uh, for all sodas, but I don't even know if it's worthwhile. I mean, the fact is, it's a lot of money. So I think that they sometimes run sales like twelve pack of soda run you what two fifty. Something like that, two dollars and fifty cents, three bucks. Because I've seen, I think, a two for five sale at some of the gas stations around here. So, presuming I even have the right number, at two dollars and fifty cents a day times three hundred and sixty-five days, because she drinks twelve sodas a day, that's you know, it's almost a grand a year in sodas. Mm, yeah, it sounds like the a, a similar addiction to say a mild uh, cigarettes. Uh, yeah, pa- pack a, a pack a pack a day smoker. Right. So, you know, a lot of people have trouble paying their bills. For instance, uh, I've got some neighbors that have trouble paying the rent on time. And uh, nice folks, it's just they've, they've got trouble. Um, but yet they still have enough money in their budget to drink and smoke and party on the weekends. So it's clear to me that certain people, um, you know, they just don't have it together as far as their priorities are concerned. Look, if you want to shove uh, smoke in your lungs or soda in your down your throat then maybe you should make sure you have all your bills paid first before you take on a new habit. And I just think that there's, uh, I don't know, I think there's an unhealthy obsession with things like soda in America. Yeah, you know, um, it's it, it's something that really, it, that bothers me, and most people just don't even look at it. Um, they, they don't look at their lifestyles when uh, they have major bills that, uh, that need to be paid, like car payments and uh, rent, um, I, I can't even imagine what the other large ones, power bills, those kind of things, uh, mortgage payments, assuming they own a house. They don't look at their the little things that add up that uh, cost them so much. Um, right. You know, if you drank water instead of soda, I, I know it sounds brutal, but really, you could drink water instead of soda. I mean, most most people don't really even consider that an option. I um, used to drink uh, the Dr. Pepper ripoff, uh, the Kmart brand. Uh, Dr. Thunder. Yep, Dr. Thunder every single day. And, it, you know, it was difficult in the beginning to start drinking water mm-hmm. instead. 
But well, now I, I thirst for it. Now uh, water is good. Good water. It tastes sweet to me. It's well, so good. I understand that. That's that's some of the the stuff that water drinkers say. But I, you know, if you, <laughs> if you drink the, you, the, man. the knockoff um, soda brand, uh-huh. you'll still save a great deal of money over. Well, that's um, true. You know, the the mainstream stuff, and cigarettes, um, obviously, beer, obviously, these things cost. You know, when you start adding them up over the month's time, that costs a lot of money, and your landlord. Or um, you know the whomever it is that uh, you owe money to is going to feel kind of bad about uh, those kind of things. So I don't know. I mean that's how I feel when I go see uh, renters uh, who um, you know I've had many over the years um, who haven't been able to pay their bills and and some of whom I've had to kick out. You know it's like have you ever said anything to them? Because I've thought of saying something, but it seems like it's not my place. Like I know I'm not getting my rent on time, but. Is it my business to nose in and say, I saw some, uh, you know, packs of Sam Adams in your trash there. Seems like you got enough money to party. Well, um, I don't know that it's going to do any good. <laughs> seems like it's real, just going to make you the villain. Make me a jerk. Yeah, um, exactly. and, and, you know, you just have to say, you know, my my bill is the most important one. And so right. there you go. Well, I've threatened them to go weekly and they don't want that. Mm-hmm. So if they don't get it straight, then it's going to have to go weekly or else. Like weekly payments, you know? Mm-hmm. You can't get it together on a monthly basis? Well, then make me part of your weekly budget. 1-800-259-9231. Wondering if you've got a soda addiction. Let's go to the phones and talk to Mike in Wisconsin. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Mike. Hey, guys. Hey, what's up? Uh, not much. Just uh, I don't drink soda at all. Um, I have a Berkey Light, and that's all I drink is Berkey water. Uh, it's supposed to be the best uh, gravity-driven uh, filter out there. I've had oh. some, and it's darn good. I, l- I love it. Um I had a maybe a hypothesis of why there's you know why people are so addicted to uh, diet drinks in particular, hmm. um, and that's because of aspartame. I knew it was going to come down to aspartame. Yeah, at but some people point. are addicted to to colas. Period. It's not just a diet. Oh yeah. Thing. Oh yeah. Well, you know, a lot of that probably comes down to you know the sugar and the caffeine. And uh, stuff like that. I think right. that's certainly well, part of the process too. I, I, as a person who will switch, um, you know, switch hit between uh, soda, regular soda, and and diet soda. Um, I've never had the Splenda diet um, Coke that's out there, but I'm sure it's pretty good stuff. Um, it, it, I don't crave diet cola over um, regular cola. Any, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't, it doesn't matter to me. I just want a soda. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't feel that. But then again, like I said, I have one soda a day, maybe. Well, that's not too bad. Yeah. That's one soda. Uh, I think the, the biggest thing that concerns me is uh, what aspartame um, metabolizes into. I don't know if you've heard anything about it. I've heard all kinds of uh, horror stories about aspartame. Go ahead. Yeah, um, I'm reading uh, on Wikipedia right now. There's an article called Aspartame Controversy, mm-hmm. and uh, one of the byproducts that it breaks down into is it says that 10% of aspartame is uh, broken down into methanol and formaldehyde in the body. Mm-hmm. Um and the and forty forty percent uh, metabolizes into aspartic acid, which is an excitotoxin. And, uh, right. That, that that kind of scares me. Well, <laughs> doesn't you know, sound good. It's uh, I'm sure there are some other chemicals that aren't very good for you in in soda, and that's probably just one of them. Of course, with the billions of dollars being spent on diet colas and that sort of thing, you have to ask, well, where are where are all the formaldehyde poisonings or or whatever? Where's the fallout from this? Is it just that it hasn't happened yet? I mean, how long's aspartame been in these drinks? It's been a long time. More on the way. This is Free Talk Live. Our archives, website, and podcast will continue to stay free, but if you think other people deserve to hear this show, consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month at amp.freetalklive.com. Help free some minds. Visit amp.freetalklive.com. 
This is Free Talk Live, your show. You take control of the airwaves toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site are completely free, including updates. You just get signed up, and we'll clue you in whenever there's something fresh to announce about the show. You can get on the list by going to updates.freetalklive.com. That is updates.freetalklive.com. SACL CAI has a full-orbed approach to account recovery. It's really three companies in one. They do collections, early out billing, and they purchase charged-off receivables. SACL knows that the way they treat your customer reflects on you. Their staff is respectful, they record every call, and they have the best equipment money can buy so that your business is handled as efficiently as possible. See their banner at freetalklive.com or call 1-800-544-6359. That's SACL CAI. Do business with businesses that support Free Talk Live. And our number is 800-259-9231. we got calls all over the map. It is the show you can take control of and bring up whatever's on your mind. So let's go to the phones and to the fun and talk to Tom in New Hampshire. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Tom. Uh, yeah, good evening. Hi. Hey. Uh, I just wanted to tell you about uh, some people who have been killed in some terrible uh, drunk driving-related crashes. Well, that okay. sounds awful. Okay. Yeah. A 19-year-old woman named Dana Ambrose was killed on October 7th, 2000. She had the green light to go uh, Iwa-bound on Iolani Avenue near downtown Honolulu. Okay. And a 48-year-old Honolulu cop was driving drunk, Malka bound on Polly Highway, Uh-oh. and smashed into her and killed her. Gosh. Okay? 48-year-old cop driving drunk kills a 19-year-old college student. What sort of penalty was there for the cop? Oh, he got a whole bunch of time in prison. Oh, that's good. Yeah, and on August 4, 2001, okay, 16-year-old girl Dilcia Pena was walking across the street with her family uh, at 3rd Avenue and 46th Street, Brooklyn, New York, 9 o'clock at night, and a 40-year-old New York City cop uh, just got finished polishing off 13 bottles of beer down at the strip joint bar, mm. uh, ran over the family, and killed them, including this 16-year-old girl. Gosh. Do I detect a theme in your, uh, in your examples here? Uh, yeah, well, on uh, <laughs> August 24th, 2003, a 26-year-old Chicago cop was driving drunk, driving a pickup truck, drunk as a skunk, smashes into a uh, Chicago Transit Authority bus, and Yikes. then crashes head-on into a 1994 Nissan driven by 20-year-old Juan Gonzalez. Mm. 20 years old, never got a chance to drink legally, mm. mind you. Mm. He was on his way to a Michigan Avenue restaurant where he was working to support himself, his wife, and their two-month-old baby. How many more do you have? Hold on. Oh. I, I know what the theme is. I've got the theme. The theme is people who get killed by drunk drivers that aren't white. Oh, stop no. it. No, they, no none of them have been. <laughs> first, they arrest people under 21 for drinking responsibly. They certainly do. Then they drive drunk and they kill people under 21. Well, it, yeah, well, it certainly happens. Re- bunch of hypocrites. Before you, go, before you go reporting any underage drinking parties, you really got to consider what could happen, God forbid, after the beer falls into the hands of cops. Awesome call. Thank you very much, Tom. We appreciate it. 800-259-9231. What do you do with that? You know? that's, God, that's it. You, know? you love it. I, I'm, I'm, I don't know what to do with it. I think that's great. Uh, leave the kids alone, please. This goes back to what I said last week. If you, if you well, stop busting kids for drinking underage and you stop busting them for buying alcohol and you stop busting them for smoking joints, it's, then it's the kids a, won't grow up to hate you. It's a dual problem, though. Um, it's against the law for the kids to drink. And 
you know, the cops seem to go after them more vociferously than they should. But if they didn't go after the kids, because kids are noisy when they drink often, mm-hmm. um, you know, then all kinds of people would be very upset with the cops for not doing their jobs. Noise, uh, noise uh, violations are, are, are a different issue. And I think that most kids, when you go to a, when you go to a party... And you tell the kids, turn the music down, they turn the music oh, down. Oh, please. I've been at so many parties where they've had to come multiple times to tell them to turn the music down. Well, from what I can understand, kids don't want any further trouble with the cops, so they usually will, will follow those, uh, those. Oh, I uh, see. When you get the cops to come and t- t- tell them that's to turn the music down. That's what I'm talking about. Well, I, I, yeah. you know, I've been many places where neighbors have come by and said, please, turn the music down. Yeah. And for whatever reason, they just don't do it until the cops come by. Let's continue with the calls. It's Will in Hawaii on the amplifier line. Hey, Will. Hey, guys. What's on your mind tonight? Um, actually, before I bring up the uh, topic that I called about, I just wanted to comment on your early t- earlier talk- topic about Coke and, and uh, I guess, caffeine in general. Um, at various points in my life, I guess I've been mildly or somewhat addicted to caffeine. I used to – actually, sometimes I would, like on binges, I guess I would drink close to a, a lead, like a two-liter of uh, Coke – like in a day, <laughs> Coke binge. Yeah. I had a friend who who uh, would would go on and off the caffeine on a regular basis. He'd be on the um, the wagon for a few weeks or months, and then he'd he'd fall off. And I mean, he'd literally go directly into a two liter or um you know Red Bull, uh, Rockstar, Monster, or these kind of uh, things. <laughs> it was just so funny. And he was a productive dude when he was. So wait, he'd go from alcohol to. Uh, no, no, soda. He'd, he'd never touched alcohol. Oh, okay. Right? I'm sorry, I missed that. The, the wagon he, reference is uh, just that he's, um, you know, fall on on and off the uh, I gotcha. addiction wagon. Gotcha. Um, he was a very productive dude. He was uh, the publisher of an um, extraordinarily successful magazine, but at the same time, he had this little problem, <laughs> <laughs> and it didn't seem to affect probably anybody but the people that uh, were the closest to him. I'm sure. But so, Will, is this still a problem for you? Is this in your past? Uh, it's mostly in my past. I've, I've I've kind of, uh, well, for the most part, given it up. I, mean, I used to also drink coffee, like a cup or two a day, or yeah. Um, but I, I, occasionally, I still crave soda or mostly cola sometimes, and sometimes coffee. You know, Although, for me, uh, uh, for me, it's gotten to the point where I'll have a soda like once or twice a year if the occasion is right. And in many cases, it's just not as good as I remember it being. In in many cases, it's just disappointing to me mm-hmm. yeah i mean if i'm in the mood like you know really hot or something it's I, it really does taste good but, i see where you're coming um, from on that so so do you feel uh, do you feel like you're better off though for having given up the uh the habit oh yeah definitely and and, and i mean i that that is a very healthy thing that you decided to do in drinking water and mm. i've i've been trying to drink more water too although i i still probably don't drink as much as i should um, i find myself uh drinking uh I, Drinking fruit juice uh, instead of cola, and not a lot of it. Just you know, that's sort of what I supplement my water drinking with these days. Is like those those 100% fruit juice things, like the juicy juice that you can get. The, yeah. The stuff that doesn't have the the corn syrup in it, basically. Right. Yeah. At least then it has um, the, you know the vitamins and minerals and stuff. Yeah. More natural. At least. So, Will, what else was on your mind tonight? Um, well, I listened to Jim Babka's Downsize DC conference call yesterday. Yeah. And he um, brought up an interesting theory that the confrontation that occurred between um, Rudy Giuliani and Ron Paul at the second Republican debate was mm-hmm. actually staged um, really? by, yeah, I guess in, in conjunction between Fox News and, I'm sure, working with uh, Giuliani. 
I, um, I kind of oh. felt that way too. Like they like they pitched a ball to to Ron Paul, knowing how he would answer the question and set up Giuliani's yeah. response. Well, what was interesting was he played the clips of two of the questions that were asked to Ron Paul, and they were they were nearly identical about like asking, "Are you out of sync with your party, mm-hmm. the Republican Party, in wanting to pull out from the war?" I did. And, uh, I'm sorry, I was going to say, did, did Babka mention, uh, Jim Babka from DC.org? did he mention that Fox News or News Corporation is a client of Rudy Giuliani's? Yeah, he did. He did mention that. You know, I, I felt like it was that way, but, you know, the conspiracy end of it just doesn't serve to any purpose, whatever. You, um, you, can, you can talk to the choir about the conspiracy end of it, but you can't convince very many people of it, and so I just didn't really address it. I, I feel like that might have been the case, too. Yeah. But... You know, I think it backfired, though. Yeah, yeah. What's interesting is if if it was quote unquote a conspiracy, then it was really goes against conventional political wisdom as far as how you treat so-called you know second-rate or second-tier candidates. Well, I I think that I think that's the problem, though, is that they don't. uh, They're beginning to see that Ron Paul isn't the second second um, tier candidate anymore. Well, yeah, but I I mean, it probably would have been better if he just. You know, they had just ignored him entirely, but instead they, they gave him a lot of um, media play well, through that. maybe they thought that Giuliani was going to get the opportunity to get really get um, a springboard effect from it. I'm America, yeah. you know, America's mayor. You know, that, that whole nonsense. I think they does. underestimated Ron Paul. I really think they did. And Will, thanks for the call. Yeah. We've got calls loaded up here. 800-259-9231 is the toll-free number. You take control of the airwaves. Bring up anything. This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live, your show. You take control of the airwaves toll-free number, 800-259-9231, the SACL CAI toll-free line. Ian here with you. And Mark. 1-800-259-9231. Join us online, freetalklive.com. All the features on the site, totally free, that we do ask you voluntarily support the show by going and shopping with us at amazon.freetalklive.com. When you enter Amazon through that link, a percentage of your sales go to Free Talk Live. There are 41 categories to shop in. Everything from their huge selection of books to their equally huge selection of virtually everything else. I mean, it's like the largest department store in the world at your finger, uh, fingertips, and it's extra cool because a percentage of your sale goes to Free Talk Live when you enter through Amazon.FreeTalkLive.com. So get your shopping done online and never have to leave the house in order to brave parking lots and crowds and cash register lines and all that crap. It's cool because I, 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 I kind of like being associated with Amazon because it kind of gives me a little bit of the feeling of being back in retail, kind of like my old days, except <laughs> without all the hard work. <laughs> well, there you go. Amazon.freetalklive.com. Let's roll right into the phone calls here. People want to talk about a lot of different things. Let's go to Jeff in St. Louis. You're on Free Talk Live. Hey, Jeff. Hello. Thank you for taking my call. What's hey. on your mind? Um, have you guys heard of a show called Jericho on CBS? I don't watch television, Vaguely. so it's very rare that I actually hear of what's going on. I, I was looking at something in the news the other day, and they mentioned a television network that I didn't even know existed. I guess the old the U- CW? Yeah, the old UPN and the w- Warner Brothers network combined together and created a new network. I had no idea that even. Right, well, the subject I wanted to talk about is they canceled Jericho on CBS. What mm. a shame. What a tragedy. That might be good. Uh, it's a post-apocalypse drama. Uh-huh. About a show about a town in, called Jericho who's on their own after that. Mm. Well, there's a big campaign to try to save it. Oh, good. They left it off on a cliffhanger. Do you think it'll work out? They left think... it on a cliffhanger. Man, that's rough. Yeah, well, um, 
they're going to have a big uh, rally. To, well, not a uh, phone, Internet-type rally calling. I think that's yes. cool. You know what? I think that's really cool because there you, there used to be some really great shows on television that, you know, it seems like a lot of shows, the better they are, the more likely they are to be removed from the airwaves. Yeah, I don't know why that is. And they're replacing it with a mind, another mindless reality show. Of course, of course. And But but I really think it's cool these days because, you know, 20 years ago or 15 years ago, you didn't have the Internet where you could go and meet people with similar interests and actually create these sorts of outreach yeah. uh, events like and you're talking about. Since the announcement of the cancellation last Wednesday, the CBS phone banks have been lit up. Their voicemail box is full all week. I bet they have. And I, I wish them the best of luck. I know this has been successful. Weren't the Tr- Star Trek fans successful in getting one of yeah. their series brought back? Yeah. Well, I don't remember what that was. Oh, I, I, I could, I'm, I'm certainly not the one to ask. I, I don't know. But good luck with that, and thanks mm-hmm. for the call. Good to mention it. it. Thank you. 800 259 This would have been impossible 20 years ago. Absolutely. Um, getting uh, the fans of a show to rally together to try to keep that show on the air. Now, of course, the trick's going to be, you know, it's one thing for the fans to call and say, hey, we love this show, but if they can't sell advertising on the show, maybe that's what the issue is. I don't know. Well, like, why would it be difficult to sell advertising on a nationally syndicated uh, I don't you know, know. show by a major network? It maybe they mean, canceled it for creative reasons. I'm not, sh- I'm not I mean, sure. If you can sell it on Superboy, why wouldn't you be able to sell it on post-apocalyptic town? You'd think. And with all the phone calls coming in, if he's talking about it, if that's true, all these phone calls and um, letters and that sort of thing are coming in, then... I mean, that's something you want to show an advertiser, right? Mm-hmm. Like, oh, well, look at this. This show's got a dedicated... We, we almost canceled this thing. Uh, so, I don't know. I, I hope they... Uh, Crazy us. I don't know a damn thing about the show, but I wish them the best of luck. Because I would hope the same thing could happen with Free Talk Live in the future. If a radio station, for whatever reason, decided they wanted to take us off the air and mm-hmm. our listeners were to mobilize and say, Hey, we don't appreciate that. Maybe they'd change their minds. They may very well. One eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. You never know what sort of an effect a one phone call can have, and if you take that out and you multiply it out times a hundred people calling, then it makes a big difference. Like last week when the Michigan, uh, was it the Michigan Republican Party, had threatened to have some sort of a petition to remove Ron Paul from the Republican debates. They were deluged with phone calls from around the country, and they actually had to take their contact information off of their website right, that was because just they were just tired of it. So, I mean, if, if you've picked up the phone to field a similar phone call for the hundredth time, I could understand saying, you know, getting a little frustrated and saying, <laughs> well, maybe we made the wrong choice here. So maybe they did. Let's continue with the calls and talk to Frederick in Sweden. You're on Free Talk Live. Yes, hello. This is Frederick calling from Sweden. No yes, longer using a crappy uh, MacBook internal mix, but Thank a you. real mix. Yeah. All right. What's Hi. on your mind, uh, Frederick? Yes, I wanted to talk about uh, Estonia last time, but uh, the sound quality was too crappy. So, oh, uh, yes, Estonia. Um, kind of an, an interesting situation over there in, uh, I guess, is that the Baltic area? Is Where yeah. is Estonia? Yes, uh, it's uh, one of the Baltic states. Uh, east of uh, the Baltic Sea. One of the former uh, uh, USSR, of course. Uh, it was a part of the USSR and one of the many states that had uh, splintered off from there. And I yes, would say sir. the state that is doing the best out of all of them. They're the, they're the state that has actually reduced taxes and they're, they're moving in a much more market-oriented direction. And uh, it's, good, it's done very good things for their economy. But what did you want to talk about in regards to that? Yeah, the uh, I just wanted to... Uh to um, I like uh, optimism, so uh, I want, just wanted to get word out that uh, Estonia uh, is uh, 
doing a lot of liberal, liberal uh, reforms and uh, such. Uh, and uh, actually, uh, Mark Lahr, which was uh, the prime minister between uh, 19, uh, uh, 1992 and 94, and then again uh, 1999 uh, to uh, 2002, mm-hmm. um, he was one of the most prominent figures that... Uh, made these reforms uh, possible. And uh, before he became a prime minister, uh, the only economic book that he read uh, was uh, Free to Choose by, uh, by Milton Friedman. Free to Choose yeah. by Milton Friedman? Yeah. Okay, we and, lost uh, your voice a little bit there. Are you right on the f- your phone? Yeah. Okay, great. Okay, yeah. Uh, and um, uh, when he got into office, he figured that, uh, well, since uh, all the Western countries already... Uh, uh, made uh, all these uh, reforms. Uh, he uh, he decided to do so also. But what he didn't didn't know was that uh, we in well uh, most of Europe is socialist and uh, so is the U.S. So uh, uh, he he uh, he made these uh, reforms without knowing that uh, he figured that since uh, half the world already done them. Uh, do you get my point? No, I'm not really sure. You're saying that he, since he figured half the world had already made these reforms, um, what? Yeah, I, and, and so he, he, he made uh, those reforms in Estonia. But uh, uh, later on, he, he uh, found out that uh, what he had done was, uh, well, I think the most radical thing. So it was unprecedented oh, in right. comparison to what other countries So he done. read Milton yeah. Friedman, thought that that's what uh, the Western countries were doing, was Milton Friedman's yeah, yeah. idea, and he implemented yeah, exactly. it. And, in fact, Milton Friedman's very pro you know, entirely capitalist, whereas yeah. most of the free Western market, yeah. free market, most of the Western uh, countries, on the other hand, are, you know, quite socialist. So he didn't realize yeah. how many steps the United States and others had taken towards socialism and away from no. the marketplace. But now, exactly. Estonia isn't a free market at this point. He's just enacted some reforms. They've yeah, got no, a long way but, to go. But, uh, but I think uh, he, uh, uh, he did something and, and showed the Estonian people that, uh, uh, that these reforms were possible. And uh, the now ruling party, uh, the Estonian Reform Party, uh, is a classical liberal party, a bit of a libertarian party. And uh, in a recent poll, uh, well, now they're the ruling party and they have uh, about a third of the, um, uh, the seats in the House. Mm-hmm. Well, Estonia's uh, having a little a little trouble right now with uh, with Russia about uh, apparently a statue yeah. in their major city or yeah. something like that. What? But, yeah. Uh, I just want to, um, uh, in, in a newspaper, uh, Estonian newspaper, there was a recent poll uh, that, uh, um, uh, well, uh, this uh, this uh, Estonian reform party they got, they got uh, 46% of the votes. That's pretty uh, good. And it's is it parliamentary yeah. to where they get the 46%? Yeah. They get that pe- those people in there. Yeah, and uh, and uh, they are looking to uh, to cut taxes from uh, income tax from uh, 22 to 18%. Wow, and, that's great. Uh, They're moving in the right direction. Fantastic. Frederick, any other uh, final thoughts for us? Uh, well, I just uh, want to uh, say that uh, if you uh, want to have uh, one addiction, you should have a carrot addiction. A carrot addiction? <laughs> Why? Uh, it's a healthy addiction. You uh, you only get uh, orange 
That's yeah, what I was going to say. You will turn colors if you have a carrot addiction. Carotene over- yeah. overdose. Thanks for the you call, Frederick. We appreciate it. 800-259-9231. Well, if you're going to get addicted to a vegetable, you probably should do it as broccoli. Broccoli is amazing with the amount of uh, really? minerals that it has in it. Yeah, it's good stuff for you. I do like you. broccoli. A lot of people don't care much for it. I, you know, I like the idea of eating broccoli. Mm-hmm. I'm not real a fan, real really a fan of doing so. Would you prefer it cooked or uh, definitely cooked? I like all raw. my vegetable uh, vegetables cooked to mush. Because broccoli's pretty good raw too. You put something on it. You put some you know, ranch dip or lemon juice or something like that. I would encourage all the listeners to do so. And eat five prunes a day. It'll change your life. (laughs) You know what? I tried the five prune thing, and it didn't really change my life. And I was hoping it would. Anyway, 800-259-9231. Can't really go into that in much more detail. (laughs) Hour two's coming up. This is Free Talk Live. With your help, we can spread the message of liberty around the world. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month now at amp.freetalklive.com. If you can't afford it, keep enjoying us for free. If you can spare the three, visit amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. We're launching into hour number two, and it's your show. If you want to take control of the airwaves via the toll-free number at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. 1-800-259-9231. Join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features completely free, including the wiki over uh, 1,350 pages of user-listener-created content for free at wiki.freetalklive.com. Rolling right back into the phone calls, it is Jim in New Hampshire. You're on Free Talk Live. Hey, Jim. Jim? Yeah, hello. Hey there. Hey, it was good to see you guys this morning at uh, the State House. Thank you very much, sir. Um, Before I get into that, though, I just wanted to to say how good it was to hear from that guy from Estonia. I was in Estonia back when it was part of the Soviet Union. Really? And um, when I was there, I met uh, some kids about my age, uh, you know, 18 years old, and they had been thrown in, in jail and had their heads shaved and spent a couple of days in jail because they had had a beer or something. Oh, my. And, you know, they viewed those guys as an occupying force. They viewed the Russians as an occupying force. And uh, I, I looked on the Index of Economic Freedom and Heritage, and they're number 12, which is unbelievable. Wow, they've from, been moving up, too, haven't they? Yeah, they, they, they went from 60% economic freedom to, like, uh, 78%. Pretty good. And they, they crush us in a number of different ways. So. Maybe that should be the – I know there's a European free state project somewhere out there. Maybe that should be their choice. I don't know if it qualifies as Europe, but yeah. it's close, right? Uh, that's Europe, definitely. Yeah. Eastern, Euro- Eastern Europe. Um, so anyway, so yeah, that was at the State House today for the uh, seatbelt law. I don't know if anybody else called on on that. No, not yet. Uh, we'd, hold, we'd held off on talking about it because you had called in at the beginning of last hour and uh, dropped off, and so I figured we'd wait yeah. for you to, to uh, check back in. Uh, Mark and I showed up this morning around 10 o'clock, and uh, you and a bunch of other people were there. Uh, A lot of people I didn't know and didn't have time to really go around and and, uh, introduce myself to. But nonetheless, it was a good turnout, I think, as far as um, liberty-loving individuals coming out to New Hampshire State House in order to fight against legislation that will make New Hampshire the 50th state, the very last of the the United States, to have a mandatory seatbelt law for adults. That's what the legislation's looking to do. And uh, now, Jim, how would you say, um, how many people would you say turned out for our side? Uh, 40? Okay. 40? I was, uh, I was trying to come up with a number with Ian, and uh, we, we came close to that. We, I think we said 30, but we weren't there the full day. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, there was, there was people coming in and out. Um, it started off, just so you know, with a, with a protest in the morning out uh, by the highway intersection there. Mm-hmm. So there was about ten of, uh, ten of us there waving signs and had a lot of people honking, people like taking off their seat belts and holding it out. And, you know. <laughs> now, um, how so, would you say it went uh, as far as the uh, you know the, the hearing itself? 
Well, I, I'd say it went well. I mean, it, it seems like the, uh, a lot of bureaucrats kind of monopolized the time and, uh, you know, made their emotional arguments. Um, that after you guys left, the, the best testimony I heard all day was this guy that works for the state transportation department. He's the guy in charge of educating people on wearing seat belts, mm-hmm. not only on wearing seat belts, but being safe drivers. And he, he went in to say that um, of the $3.7 million that comes from the federal government, his organization would get $1 million of it, and then the rest of it, him and another organization, would have to decide how to split that up. And he went on to talk about it, and then one of the senators at the end that was for this law said, so I don't understand, are you supporting this law or against it? He goes, well, I'm against it. I think education is the right solution here, not forcing people to do this. Wow. How you know, unusual here's, here's, that a bureaucrat would say something yeah, like that. Yeah, and, and this is the guy that his organization stood to get $1 million out of this. Mm, wow. And, Only and, in New and, Hampshire, and, huh? Yeah, and the, and, and the senator was flabbergasted. He says, I don't understand why you're saying this. We've had testimony that says it costs, you know, in, insur- you know it's going to raise insurance. or Well, no, the testimony was that since we're all on Medicare and Medicaid, that it's going to cost people when people get in accidents. Right. Well, but but hold on. It's still going to cost people whether or not they get into um um you know whether or not it's against the law and they aren't wearing their seatbelt and they get in accidents. So that yeah. point isn't valid. The only point is we want to collect fines um, for fifty to fifty to a hundred dollars for you not wearing seatbelt. That's the only valid point. All that other feel good crap doesn't make any sense because I can go kill myself today if I feel like it, and your laws aren't going to do anything about it. Well, that's right, and yeah. and, and that that point was made. And, and the thing that gets me is they're saying, okay, we've already forced you to pay for somebody else's health care. Now, because we force you to this, yep. let's use that this argument to force you to do something it's else. It's a classic example of big government using itself as an excuse to get even bigger. Get bigger, absolutely. Because yeah. the the uh, the representatives or the senators were up there today. They were saying, well, you know, uh, we don't uh, we want our freedom to not have to pay for other people's health care, and this is increasing the costs on uh, on us. So we should be free to to have as low as taxes as possible. And I agree completely. You should be. So let's get the government the hell out of taking care of people and leave it up to the marketplace. But nobody, and, and, did anybody and, bring that up? I don't think they did while we were there. Yes, actually. Uh, Dawn Lincoln, they asked her, well, what about, you know, I have to pay for you if you get in an accident? And she says, I'm not asking you to, and I don't think you should have to. Good. Um, so, yeah, that, that point was brought up. Um, I, I want to just briefly say what my testimony was. Um, I, I talked about how I'd been 12 years in the Air Force and that I'd lived in about half a dozen states and visited a lot more, spent time in the Soviet Union, Saudi Arabia, Germany, Britain, Italy, France, mm-hmm. all that kind of stuff, a pilot with three aerial achievement medals fighting in Bosnia, Somalia, and Iraq, quote-unquote, fighting for freedom. <laughs> yeah, they um, love that crap. They do. Right. Yeah. You might as well use it so if I, it works. Yeah, so I didn't get into that. And then, um, you know, and I said, when I got out of the Air Force and came to settle down near my family in the New England area, I chose New Hampshire because they valued freedom the most. And I said, you've got two choices. You can either say New Hampshire has faith that people can decide for themselves what's best or that people are too stupid or lack common sense, which one of the guys actually said. He said people lack common sense. Mm. So, um, And then I, I finished it up to say that I, that, I, that I was appalled that I was out there, quote-unquote, fighting for freedom, and I come back and find that people are selling my freedom nice. from, out from underneath me. Yep, it's now, really sick. Yeah, and, 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 and I had a tear in my eye because – I recently resigned from the military, uh, two and a half years shorter retirement, because I've come to realize that uh, I wasn't fighting for freedom, mm. unfortunately, and that I would have been much better off 
uh, doing what I'm doing now, which is becoming politically active and trying to protect our freedoms here. That's great. And it really, you know, disappoints me. You know, and, you know, all the Ron Paul discussion. Um, you know, he's right on this matter. Right? You know, what, what were we doing in Bosnia? What were we doing in Somalia? What what did that have to do with making America free? Indeed. Meanwhile, the bureaucrats are back here selling our freedoms away. How did you How did you come about? Uh, come around. Obviously, we're not talking about seatbelts now. But how did you uh, come around to that realization? That must have been a tough, uh, tough one to to uh, to, to bring yourself to. <laughs> well, it, I, I would say uh, about half of it is from listening to you guys, and about half of it is 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 from Ron Paul. Mm. You guys got me thinking along that route. Um, and then I read, you know, uh, a lot of the stuff from Foreign Policy of Freedom that he talks about. And I, I always knew, you know, with Bosnia and Somalia that those were inappropriate uses of our military because I believe in a strong defense. Um, right. And, and that's not what those were about. And I was angry about those at the time. Mm. And then when Iraq came, I said, finally, a war that's in defense of the U.S. <laughs> and then next thing you know, I realized, no, that was a lie, too. Yeah, what a shock. We haven't fought for defense for a long time. Yeah, pretty much and, since and the Revolutionary War. Pretty much. Uh, Mexican-American uh, War. Yeah, I don't know enough about Mexican-American War, mm. but um, but uh, anyway, so, so you know, and, and, and I was still in the reserves, and so I'm sitting there saying, well, I can spend my 30 days a year doing reserve work, or I can spend that 30 days a year, uh, you know, becoming politically active, running for state house and stuff like that. Right. And um, that that's going to do more for freedom than, than, than the military was not. And, and I found that just really sad because, well, um, you know, I believe I believe in a strong defense and, uh, I, you know, I believe in the proper use of military, but I feel like I've been betrayed. Well, congratulations. Uh, that's, you know, that's that is a tough paradigm to shift, especially with the constant, constant indoctrination in this country of of, yeah. of citizens. You know, the idea we were uh, we were driving back from Concord today listening to one of the FM talk stations here in the state and they had Dennis Miller on. And he took two phone calls while we were listening from uh, from military members. And of course, you know the the cliche phrase. As soon as somebody mentions that they're in the military, the cliche phrase is always "Thank you for your service." And it just it reminds me that I think uh, I think there's a certain segment of the population. I don't think it's all of them, but I, a certain segment of the military population that that gets into the military because they know it's instant respect. They know that as soon as they sign on that dotted line and get themselves into a uniform, as soon as they can actually claim to be in the military and show off their uniform, that, that Americans from uh, coast to coast will all of a sudden give them respect that they didn't earn. And uh, I, I'm kind of tired of that, personally. Well, yeah, and, and I, I don't pin the blame all on them um, because it's easy, it's easy to believe that, but you know, it's our politicians that have betrayed the military. It's and I, true. I just want to add one more thing. That um, you know, uh, so I was two years short of retirement. I gave up half a million dollars. Wow! Sure. Thank you. More on the way. It's Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show, and you can bring up whatever you want via the toll-free number at eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. The SACL CAI toll-free line one eight hundred. Two five nine ninety two thirty one. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All of the features on the site are completely free. Uh, and that does include the archives, an entire year's worth of the show, right there on the front page of the site. For your downloading convenience, you just go and get them. They're free at freetalklive.com. And wouldn't it be great to have an ex-narcotics officer be your personal coach to keep you from getting busted with marijuana? Go to NeverGetBusted.com to view clips of the recently released DVD that's gained world attention. That's NeverGetBusted.com. So we just got off the phone with uh, Jim in New Hampshire, and he was telling us that what I thought was just an amazing personal story 
about how he had been in the military for a number of years, was two years away from retirement, and gave it all up. Gave up a half a million dollar, I guess, right. pension. Yes, sweet government pension. Uh, for the purposes of uh, moving to New Hampshire and uh, pursuing, and pursuing the free, liberty the, and the and, Free State Project and, and being a, a liberty-oriented activist and just wow, you told me during the break that you don't know if you would have been able to. to I don't know it. if I would have. I can't imagine investing that kind of time, eighteen years, and uh, you know, uh, deciding to throw it all away. Justin, it was an incredible personal story, and I think a great example of of the the lengths that some people will go to once they realize that uh, they've got they've sort of changed their mission in life, and that's what he did. Essentially, he came around to a a paradigm shift of wow, I've thrown these you know these last several years away uh, as far as you know I thought one thing about the military, and now I realize that I was wrong. I mean, that's got to be that has got to be brutal. And so uh, once again, congratulations to him on that. 800-259-9231, but he had originally called to talk about the seatbelt uh, legislation here in New Hampshire. Now, in the state that you live in, if it's not New Hampshire, there is a law that prohibits you from riding without a seatbelt. Um, and I don't know if there's a caller there, but we should put them on hold because I'm hearing funny noises. Anyway, um, there's a law there that is, is going to restrict your freedom. And now some of them are more draconian than others. One, uh, there are usually two flavors of this law. One of them is the secondary offense, the other the primary offense type right. of law. And I don't know what percentage of states has what, but now, there's a, a it, mix of them out there. In these same states, many of them, um, Florida, uh, they, they've made it uh, legal to ride a motorcycle without a helmet. At the same time, they want people to drive a car with a seatbelt on. I, that baffles me. It just baffles me that um, you know you're going to allow motorcyclists to go without a helmet. And, but well, you see, that's this, that's part of the slippery slope. Is that if they pass a law that uh, that restricts people as far as it forces them to put seatbelts on, mm-hmm. then inevitably those people are going to get jealous of the people who still have freedom, like the motorcycle riders um, who can ride without their helmets, yeah. and they'll start lobbying to say, hey, this isn't fair. We have to wear our seatbelts, but they don't have to wear helmets. We demand a helmet law. Fairness and oppression. Yeah. That's the kind of crap that you'll see happen. Sounds right. And so it was really, uh, you know, they say, uh, we didn't stay for the whole thing. We stayed for about two hours today because we both had to go. We had to be back by well, a certain you know, time. The, the, um, that's the, the time we had committed for it, and, and I right. think we were there, and it was good to have our, uh, you know, show but our faces. But this thing went on and on all day long, and this hearing went from 10 in the morning to 4 in the afternoon. That's a full day of work for some people. I mean, that's six hours. I, I presume there was a lunch break in there. But that's a long time to yeah. be sitting around listening to a bunch of bureaucrats and uh, elected, elected officials, officials spout off as to why they want to restrict freedom. I mean, it really – it can be a downer. And uh, Dennis Goddard at uh, the New Hampshire Liberty Alliance, one of our listeners in Amplifiers, he God put – bless he Dennis. Really, he does a great <laughs> job. He put this together, and, and I really like the guy. And I, I just feel awful when I go there and get uh, gets bummed out because I feel like I should be feeling better about everything. But I, I'm not. I – the more I go to, um, to the long, state house, the less I ever want to go. It's a long, slow road. I mean, most yeah. of these people that that decided in this state that that would decide in, um, to run for representative or senator, the the compensation isn't great. Uh, senators, I think, actually get some kind of real compensation, but representatives get, I think, two hundred dollars, which might cover per their year. Gas, per year, yeah. um, which might co- cover their gasoline, maybe. Um, you know, so those people get elected with an agenda, generally. 
Mm-hmm. Um, now, obviously, there's many people of a liberty and patriot mindset that would intend to get elected with that same sort of with a, with an agenda also. But um, you know, you think about these people; they're not they're not they don't care about the constituents. They are not interested in the constituents. From what I saw, there were uh, there there was a state senator there that kept mentioning the state. She cared about the state and the interests of the state. Yes, and, she sure seemed to. And really, it's I mean, it can really be a uh, a bummer. I don't know. I. I'll probably go back, but oh I, sure, I if, if something's you. important, I'm going to be there. I think that um, if if nothing, but you got to have all day if you want to be able to speak. They they let the bureaucrats and the elected officials speak first, and so the regular folk had to wait until two to, o'clock in the afternoon. You don't have to have all day. Um, everybody signs in on an opposed and against um, sheet. They know how many people were there, how many people were opposed, how many um, people were for, and that kind of thing. So they have an idea. You show up, you show your face, you you stay for an hour or two however long you can um i think that that's all that uh, that the nhla is is looking for is people to cycle in and cycle out and well speak. i i hope that uh i hope that the liberty uh, liberty side gets a victory on this one because when you sit in there and you listen to the questions that these senators are asking the people that are speaking you gotta get i mean a little bit bummed out over it because they seem like they've made up their minds at least some of them i don't know if all of them have. i, I would agree with you that it really did seem to me like uh many of those people had made up their minds and um, this was now but what, there's, is all you is all you're really hoping to do when you bring um out 50 people or whatever is you're hoping to change one of the people who's on the panel's yeah. mind that's all hmm. you're just hoping to change one of their minds because if you do happen to change one of their minds That'll make all the difference in the world. As a matter of fact, that committee was five people. Yeah. So if you changed one person, that's the swing vote in all likelihood. It's true. It's true. Um, so nonetheless, uh, just the it's you got to look at it from the positive side though. It's hard to. I guess what I'm saying is it's hard to walk out of there feeling good I know about what, what just happened. Uh, but to to look at it from the positive side, there was an amazing amount of free staters that turned out mm-hmm. and liberty oriented activists. Something that never would have happened uh, in any other state. So things are moving in the right direction. It'll be better, Mark, when we can get 200 people sitting in that room instead of just 20 or 30. Mm. Uh, that should be an interesting time. 800-259-9231. Let's talk to Bill in Oklahoma. You're on Free Talk Live. Hey, Bill. Yes, guys. Thank you for taking my call. Thanks for being here. What's uh, on your mind? Well, uh, I want to congratulate Free Talk Live for being voted the fourth most uh, uh, flagrant uh, against dig policy. Ah, <laughs> was that a voting thing? I thought that was just uh, I think somebody just picking a list. us. It is a list. Uh, it's only one person's opinion, but if, uh, I guess I take it you guys have seen the list. Yes, we uh, have. Yeah, eight out of the of the top ten. Uh, no surprise here. All Ron Paul related websites. Yeah. Uh, so I, th- I got a kick out of that. As wait, far wait, as I'm uh, concerned, it's it's a it's a good it's good company to be in. Let's explain what you're referring to. Uh, Dig.com is a website where users can generate the content and then dig or you know essentially rank up the stories that they're interested in, or they can bury them if they don't like them. And so Ron Paul's campaign, the activists in the Ron Paul campaign, have been utilizing Dig because it's a powerful tool. It's a it's a very popular website used by a lot of uh, younger internet users, and so they've been utilizing it to spread the message of uh, Ron Paul's candidacy. And if you'll hang on, we'll bring you back to a further discussion of Dig.com, 800-259-9231 and what's going on over there. But they're claiming that uh, we're in violation of Dig's terms of services in order uh, because of the fact that we're encouraging people to go to their website and dig our show, which we are doing, and I'm not going to stop. 
dig.freetalklive.com if you'd like to go and dig our program. 1-800-259-9231. How dare we send new users to their website? It's Free Talk Live. Would you like to help others find Free Talk Live? You can help us advertise, market, and promote the show at amp.freetalklive.com. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier now for $3 a month and get some cool bonuses at amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show, and you can bring up whatever you want toll-free at 800-259-9231. The SACL CAI toll-free line for you. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. All of the features are completely free. We give them away, and that does include the Shrine of Female listeners. Dozens and dozens of ladies have sent us their validated photo to prove they listen to the show. See what I mean by hitting a shrine.freetalklive.com. That is shrine.freetalklive.com. Let's roll back into uh, Bill in Oklahoma. You're back on Free Talk Live. Now, we are talking about dig.com, and for the uninitiated, dig is one of the top 100 websites in the world. It's hugely popular. It's a social... Uh, what would you call like a social bookmarking site sort of uh where essentially you can you can submit an article of interest say an article about Ron Paul and then other people will decide whether or not they like the article or not and they'll either dig it up or they will bury it and so if an article gets a lot of digs then it shows up on the front page of dig.com and so if it's on the front page then a lot more people will see it and they'll be more likely to dig it and and so on so it's this sort of user driven uh news process basically is is what it is uh web 2.0 i believe is what it's part of and it's, it's become hugely popular but you were telling us bill that uh we've been outed as uh being one of the i guess participants on the dig.com website that is in violation of Dig's terms of service, is and, that right? And apparently, we only made it to number four. Bill, is Bill gone? <laughs> Bill's gone. Oh, well, it was dis- it's disappointing he's to back. see that is, he's back. Bill's back. Bill. Yeah, I'm here. Okay, we just uh, were, did, were you able to hear what we just said? Oh yes, uh, like I said uh, unfortunately, you just made it to number four uh, on that list. Yeah, yes. it stinks. Yeah, I, I know you must be heartbroken about it. Oh, it's tough competition from Ron Paul. You know, we're sandwiched in there amongst uh, seven or eight other Ron Paul He's got Paul a lot websites. of sizzle right now. I can share the spotlight. <laughs> well, um, on, on another note real quickly, uh, I want to uh, announce that Oklahoma finally got their act together, and they've gone from a, uh, what they would consider a voluntary noncompliance with the, the national ID uh, legislation to a completely nonvoluntary uh uh, compliance of the of the legislation movement, so we will not be participating in the national ID when it comes out next year. Wow. Okay. So there was a law that was passed that uh, that offs uh, Oklahoma out. Right. Uh, it, it initially started uh, with the Republican. She wanted us to choose for ourselves whether we want to comply or not. Mm-hmm. And then just last week, a Democrat changed it and said, "No, nobody's going to comply to it," and that uh, overwhelmingly uh, got approved. That's fantastic. Congratulations on that. Uh, so do you think that dig.com is going to do anything about the uh, so-called violation of terms of service? Uh, possibly. Uh, that, uh, they've been get, uh, getting a lot of uh, bad, uh, bad press lately unrelated to political issues. Uh, it's more of a, a fanboy thing uh, regarding um, like that, uh, that digit, that, that random number that keeps popping up on articles. Uh, that's still happening. Uh, for those who don't know, that that has to do with uh, the DMCA, 
there was a big riot a uh, couple of weeks back over that. A <laughs> riot. An online uh, protest, if you will, where a bunch of uh, users of Dig.com went and essentially promoted a copywritten code all over the website. And there was nothing that the Dig creators could do about it. It was, it was to the point where uh, every single article that was being submitted to the website was a copy of this code in some way or another. And if they were, uh, the only way they could have handled it would be to have shut down their site. And so, you know, there's a certain point at which they just have to say, hey, we can't do anything about this. Our users want to do this. Our users want to promote this. Then uh, we're going to step back and, and take our hands off. And that's what they did. Yeah. And, and of course, with all that publicity that they got from that, that this uh, when this gets leaked out to mainstream media, and und- undoubtedly it will at, at some point, uh, it'll just create more backlash. And of course, uh, Kevin Rose is just going to have to take a firm grip against us hooligans for wanting to promote liberty on the internet. Yep. Well, that's fine. You know, if he wants to squeeze uh, liberty-oriented people out of uh, out of his website, they'll just find somewhere else to go. Thanks for the call, Bill. Appreciate it. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. You know, the the I've got the actual term of service here that we're supposedly in violation mm-hmm. of. It says uh, it's term number nine with the intention of artificially inflating or altering the dig count. Uh, or any other dig service, including by way of creating separate user accounts for the purpose of artificially altering dig services, which we don't advocate that at all. No, oh. uh, and and artificially to me means cheating, like uh, you know, creating putting out a, some kind of zombie or something yeah. like that. I don't know. I don't know enough about uh, internet. Some sort stuff. of script. But asking that. people to go and vote, I don't think that's a violation of the TOS. I don't think so either. Well, it says here, giving or receiving money or other remuneration in exchange for votes. We don't do that. Or participating in any other organized effort that in any way artificially alters the results of dig services. So, yeah, what is artificial mm-hmm. about us sending people to their website? Because I know dig could very easily claim, well, our site's bigger than yours, and it is. Oh, yeah. Um, so, you know, they don't need Free Talk Live, but then again, Free Talk Live doesn't really need dig. We'll be fine without them. Absolutely. Free um, Talk Live is going to be the number one radio show in the nation, and it doesn't matter any, a, a whit about dig.com. Right. So, at the moment, you know, we're, uh, I mean, even when we're the number one radio show in the nation, we still won't have as popular a website as, as dig. Presuming they're still hot at that time, mm-hmm. um, just Maybe. because. Just well, I mean, go to Rush Limbaugh's website. But He's Rush not the Limbaugh's top website isn't as good as ours. I, but still, my point being, you're still a much more um, niche product than a, a major a major website would be. Okay. But anyway, so they could still hold that over us. But that doesn't um, that doesn't reduce the fact that we're sending new people to their website. I mean, there are people listening on free, uh, to Free Talk Live that have a never been to Dig.com, b never had any reason to find out what Dig.com is, c aren't really in the Dig.com demo, or for whatever reason haven't gone to their website. Mm-hmm. But by us promoting our existence on their site, because Dig.com has a podcast section, wherein Free Talk Live is under the news and talk section, and we're the number two ranked podcast now, and uh, in the news and talk section, right? And that's because we've gotten on the air and said to people, go to dig.freetalklive.com and dig our show. And then you have to go back to their website every two weeks and like dig an episode or dig anything else on the website in Otherwise order to, the, to the, lock in your dig Free away. Talk Live, or, yeah, and which is a brilliant um, device on their part. But, you know, if, if you want to kick us off your website, then that's fine. We'll just take our promotional abilities to some other site. We'll just promote Podcast Alley some more. Go and vote for us at vote.freetalklive.com. I mean, look, we're driving new people to their site, and as Free Talk Live gets bigger, we'll only be driving more new people to their site. You know, I I would um I I still when I when you think about Rush Limbaugh compared to Dig.com, and you know we were sort of making that uh, um, analogy just a moment ago. 
Yeah, Rush Limbaugh has a lot more effect on America than Dig.com does. I'm I'm sorry. Oh yeah, I was just talking about popularity of websites. I'm, I know what you're saying, but I'm just I'm I'm you know now now that we've uh, entered it into the the equation, I was just sort of fleshing it out. Right. I'm getting I'm guessing Rush is probably in the top thousand and Digs in the top hundred. Anyway, so we'll see what happens. I doubt Digs anything's a, ma- a major website. I don't want to diminish. That. Right. I doubt anything's going to come of this, but we'll keep you up to date if it does. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one to James in Montana. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, James. Hey guys. Hey, what's on your mind? <clears throat> um. I just uh, wanted to mention something about the Save the Internet radio thing. Yeah. What's that, what's that all about? Um, is that going to affect some of the radio shows that um, I listen to, like well, yours? I, and I don't know what you listen to beside Free Talk Live, but what you're talking about is the new regulations that the federal government has upheld. They've um, passed and then upheld them uh, that basically say that Music Internet radio stations will have to pay some pretty um, pretty obscene royalties to um, the RIAA and other groups like that. So it won't be talk radio. Yeah, talk radio shouldn't be affected. However, there are going to be some, there are some fallout. Uh, there is some fallout rather. And uh, one example of that would be our old affiliate in the UK, Red Dragon 365. Uh, they've dropped off the map because they were utilizing a service called Live 365, which is a website that exists in order to so people could launch their own channels, uh, their own audio channels. They could put whatever content they want on those channels. Mm-hmm. And the deal is you pay a monthly fee in order to get access to the site. And, and included in that fee is, the, um, is whatever percentage they need to charge for the, uh, for the rights, for the, the BMI and the ASCAP licensing and all that. And the, the, the sad part is about at least that particular website is they charge those fees across the board. So it doesn't matter if you're providing talk content or music content. If you're a talk content provider, you have to pay the music fees, which is, is awful. And I think it's terrible. But then again, there's no way for them to, to monitor all of the, the feeds on their right, site. You might do a talk show and then play one song. Right. So that's, okay. in that way, yes, some talk stations will on the Internet will be hurt. But um, independents like us that don't rely on another website to, uh, to promote aren't going to be touched at all by this. And thank you for your concern, James. We appreciate the call. 800-259-9231. This is your show, Marijuana and Moms. We'll talk about it coming up. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show. You bring up whatever you want toll-free. 800-259-9231. That is the... SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. 1-800-259-9231. Join us online at freetalklive.com. You like the show? You want to help support Free Talk Live? Then become an amplifier. Like have done over 380 of our listeners for as little as 3 bucks a month. It's very simple. We don't charge you for our website. So we give away all the features that all those other talk shows want to uh, to charge you like seven bucks a month for. We give it all away for free. So we just ask that you support the show if you like us. So head over to amp.freetalklive.com to learn what the program's all about. It stands for Advertise, Market, and Promote. And the idea is simple. You send in three bucks a month. We turn it around into promoting the show, into buying advertising in industry publications like Talkers Magazine, attending conventions, which we'll be doing uh, coming up in New York City uh, within a few a few weeks from now and all of these things and more uh and the list of things we're doing is is there at amp.freetalklive.com with lots of de- with pretty uh, plenty of detail but all of these things combine to help us spread this show to more radio stations and thereby new people coming across the message of freedom and liberty so if that's valuable to you if it's worth 3 bucks a month head over to amp freetalklive.com. You'll also get some perks. You'll get access to the AMP-only chat room, the AMP-only uh, call-in line, the AMP-only forum, and there's a few more uh, details there. AMP.freetalklive.com. 
to Phoenix, Arizona, and a story I wanted to get to Saturday night because it's I think it's it's pretty iconoclastic. Okay. It's about moms and pot. In fact, a number of mothers in the Phoenix area admit they use marijuana to wind down after a long day, KHPO-TV station reported. Shape House surveyed hundreds of mothers through her website, Cheeky.com. She targeted women in affluent suburban areas. Quote, these were middle to upper middle class women, professional women, mommies. We had some that were members of the PTA and even one school teacher reported. They're women like Jan, who's 30 and has one child. Sue is 37 and has two kids. Quote, but I've also used it for headaches. I've used it when I've been sick with a stomach flu, when I've been really nauseous, and, I mean, I need to function. So it's in my medicine cabinet, Sue said. Hmm. Of the hundreds of mothers that Pasa surveyed, 52% of them said they smoke marijuana at least 10 times a year. 27% said they smoke it one to seven times per week. And some of the women even said they would someday tell their kids about their secret. And that's what concerns some anti-drug groups. NotMyKid.org Sarah Christensen says, So what kind of message is that sending to a child? If it's okay to smoke pot in the house, is it okay to steal? Well, I don't... (laughs) I don't know that uh, these th- these things are in any way. Oh, I know how they're linked. They're both illegal. That's right. They're both That's against what she the said. law. That's what she says after that. Bottom line, it's illegal. Well, then I w- the way I would solve that for her um, is let's make it not illegal to smoke pot because they're not both wrong. Yeah, I'm with you on that. So where do the women get the marijuana? Some said they drop hints among friends until they find one that shares the habit, and others said they grow it themselves. Which is, by the way, a much worse offense as far as uh, federal offenses are concerned regards to marijuana, selling marijuana, possessing marijuana, it's worse, smoking but marijuana. You're not going to get you're not going to get turned in by your drug dealer. You know, um, at that point, it's rare that a drug dealer turns in his clients. It's rare that in 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 the world of police stings and narcotics busts, when you bust a drug dealer, you move up the chain, not down. Okay, well, uh, it's just not worth the time to go after someone with a half a gram of pot. I understand. Um, you know, I guess what you would have to be concerned with there are the people that you know, and therefore that know that you uh, grow pot. Yeah, um, getting upset with you. I don't make too many enemies in my life, but. I can imagine there's probably been a person or two who's upset enough to turn me in. Well, if you're growing pot in a room in your house or a closet in your house, then you're a damn fool if you show any of your friends that. Yeah, you you would be a damn fool. I mean, I don't care how what about good a girlfriend? friend they are. Uh, what, what, if they live with you. If they live with you, they should know. Well, uh, well that's what I'm saying. Is right. that, can be di- that can be a difficult scenario. I mean, have you ever lived with somebody that you don't live with anymore? Yes. Have they ever gone away less than happy with you? <laughs> I'm, that's all I'm saying. Right. Well, if you're going to break up with the person you're living with, get the pot out. It's <laughs> good advice. Keep it out for a while. All right. So I thought this was an interesting story. It's a short one, but I thought it was interesting to reveal how widespread the uh, phenomenon of marijuana is here in America. Phoenix, Arizona moms, 52% smoke marijuana at least 10 times a year. And remember, these are the ones that admit to it. I think there's an additional phantom percentage that doesn't admit to it, but still does it. Maybe not ten times a year, but maybe a couple times a year. They just won't. They just won't admit to it. Right. You know, um, some people don't consider themselves to be pot smokers, but now and then they'll smoke. Right. And the fact is, they're breaking the law. They're not breaking it as many times in the year, but they're still breaking the law, and they could very well be taken out of their homes, 
and thrown in a jail cell for it. Mm. In some cases, in some cases, that's more or less likely than others. But the fact remains, and the and the the possibility still remains that if a mom is caught uh, caught smoking marijuana by whatever means, maybe she's got a joint with her in the car, or whatever it is, it happens. She makes a mistake. A joint falls out while she's uh, in the store, something like that. She gets caught. She goes to jail. What's that going to do to her family life? What's that going to do to her kids? And by the way, I'm not saying that to advocate that mom stops smoking pot. I totally understand. I mean, some people get home at the end of the day and they drink uh, some beers to take the edge off. They or they ladies might drink uh, a bottle of wine or or have some wine in order if to. If you're doing uh, that every day, the chances are good you're uh, addicted to alcohol. You need to rethink that. But yes, go ahead. Maybe so, but nonetheless, the fact still remains that people that is legal. It's okay yes, to do people that. People do it, you know, regardless. And by the law, it's acceptable uh, to engage in that sort of behavior. You're not going to get carted off to a jail cell for that. But um, but a mother that wants to come home and she's really stressed out and she wants to take the edge off and she wants to relax a little bit, but she doesn't want to drink. She decides she wants to smoke a little bit of marijuana. She's now in, at risk of spending time in jail. Do we really want to break up families uh, in order to send a message to the kids? Is that the right message to be sending to kids? It doesn't sound like it to me. No. I, I think that we should just leave people alone and let them make their own decisions and their own choices. And there's no negative. I mean, there's not. it's not any more negative to have a mom that smokes marijuana than to have a mom that drinks alcohol at night. It's I would not agree. Any more negative. There's there there might be some social stigma attached to it, but that's that that's those people's problem. Sure. You know, I mean, uh, they can advertise or not advertise whatever it is they wish um, about their lives. Uh, you know, that's up to them. Let's let American adults make decisions for themselves. Mm-hmm. Why is that so radical? Why is that so? Why is that so outrageous to some people? I, I don't understand that. But if that's outrageous to you, if it's outrageous that 52% of moms in Phoenix, Arizona, are smoking marijuana on a fairly regular basis, if that's outrageous, and 27% of them admitting to smoking one to seven times in a week, I mean, that's from, I would say, seven times in a week, you're pretty... That's a lot of smoking. You're a pretty constant user of marijuana Mm -hmm. at that point. Uh, So going from weekend warrior to all week long, look, it's their business, why why don't we just leave them alone? How about that? Can't we just do that in America? Isn't this supposed to be the land of the free, where people can make decisions to uh, put certain things in their own bodies as they want to, as long as they aren't harming someone else? But someone could, of course, come back and say, well, you're harming the children. Well, and, and I would, you know, uh, okay. What will the children think? Given. Going I'll, to grow up to be hooligans. Though they may very well grow up to be hooligans, um, but they may grow up to be hooligans anyway. My mm. parents never drank. Um, my parents never smoked marijuana. I don't, oh. I'm sure that my parents never um, smoked marijuana. They never drank in the house all they ever had was like these collectible brandy things my dad would collect from the moose club he never drank any of it but you know he'd get them from his uh you know fellow moosers whatever they are and i went to prison so (laughs) you you can make a darn good case that uh that it has really very little to do with it i'm sorry and Uh, you smoked pot too before i did because i didn't know anything about it i drank and i smoked um smoked pot because i was very interested in this whole foreign lifestyle out there I suspect but what if, if what if they they are smoking their marijuana and little Johnny wants to try some? Then they're just going to get their kids addicted. Well, hold on. Um, couldn't couldn't I very well give my uh, four year old a, a sniffed, snifter full of brandy? 
lots of parents do that sort of thing. I, they do. I, I think that there's um, you know times and places for that, and I also think that there's uh, you know that you probably could um, you know do it in moderation would be my suggestion. You know what better way to be introduced to uh, the world of uh, of altering one's consciousness than by one's parents? Right. Those kids are going to drink brandy. Those kids are likely going to smoke pot. Yes. And it's more and more likely every where year. Where would you want them to smoke it, and with whom would you want them to smoke it? Strange people in an alleyway? It doesn't seem like a good idea to me. A drug dealer's house? A bunch of 16-year-olds, if they're lucky they're 16. Mm -hmm. I mean, a bunch of 12-year-olds making that decision? That doesn't seem like a good idea to me. It seems to make the most sense to have mom and dad introduce their kids to something like that. It does. does. I mean, I I find it's it's a scary concept. Some people are going to be upset about that, but you know what? Leave people alone and let them make their own decisions Mm -hmm. for their lives and their kids, okay? You just keep to your damn self and deal with the people that you can affect and you can touch and your family and your friends. Positive interactions. Yeah. No, no violence and force. And leave it there. 800-259-9231. Mark's got an email about taxes on the way and your calls about whatever's on your mind. 1-800-259-9231. Hour 3 coming up. This is Free Talk Live. One of the bonuses you'll get as a Free Talk Live amplifier is access to our classic archives. For just $3 a month, you can become an amplifier, and you'll help us get on more radio stations and MP3 players. Get the details at amp.freetalklive.com. That's amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live, your show. We're launching into hour number three, and you can take control of the airwaves via the toll-free number, as always, at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, and it's Ian here with you. And Mark. 1-800-259-9231. Join us online at freetalklive.com. All of the features on the site, completely free. We give them away, so enjoy them on us. That's freetalklive.com. We'll uh, talk about tipping here in a little while, but let's talk taxes first. It's a little bit of a monetary sort of subject. Mark, go to your email box. You've got a tax email, right? Yeah, from, from Daniel. Um, let's see. He says, I've heard you and Ian quote roughly 50% as the average tax burden on Americans. I believe you've said that you found this number by reading a number of reports ranging from 30 or 40% to 60 or 70% and taking the middle ground. Do you remember where these numbers were found? I've been quoting them to people when they tell me to leave um, Sweden and move to the U.S. if I think that they're taxed um, too highly here, uh, trying to get across to them that the U.S. isn't exactly the libertarian paradise they seem to think it is. But the number is so high that they hardly even believe me. Yeah. And again, most people here think that we're taxed 30 to 32 percent of our income, even Much though it's close, closer to 65 percent yeah. if you actually count all the... Uh, Income taxations, they're numerous, and only, uh, and only one is mandatory to write on the wage salary papers, and all the others are um, su- are such as sales tax. Well, that's the problem. I mean, it's it's very difficult to actually calculate the burden that Americans have as far as taxes are concerned. I right. mean, you could start – I like the, uh, the John Stossel uh, episode on – I think it was called John Stossel Goes to Washington, where he started just running down a laundry list of, of taxes that people pay on their day-to-day uh, travels the, on a day-to-day basis. I mean, you, he, what, the, it was brilliant because the way he did it was as somebody wakes up in the morning, what taxes they start to pay. 
And, I mean, you've got, you know, the electricity tax that powers the, the alarm clock that you turn off. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Obviously, electricity whenever you utilize anything electrical. Uh, the gas tax that you pay on the car that uh, for the car that you drive. The taxes that you paid on that car. The taxes that you paid on the products uh, that you bought uh, if there's a sales tax in your state. Um, I mean, it just went it just went down the line. He picks up a telephone. He's paying five different taxes at that particular point. Um, so, I mean, they, the government in this country has... If effectively taxed virtually every movement that anyone can make. They've taxed virtually every product or virtually every service. And you always have to remember, even when you're going uh, to the store in a, in a state like New Hampshire where there's no sales tax mm-hmm. and you're buying a loaf of bread, you're still paying taxes. You're paying taxes that the bread company paid. Right. The because corporate there's, taxes. There's no way for a bread company to produce bread and um, sell it to you and pay their employees and pay their taxes and pay their overhead, pay their rent and do everything without making a profit. If they do all that at a loss... There's no bread company anymore, and you right. don't get any bread. So I know that big corporations on. are terrible and everything, but they all provide you with a service that you want. Yeah. And they pass those costs on the consumers. That's just how it works. You they can have raise, to. You Otherwise, can raise taxes on a company all you want, and it just goes right on into the final price. Right, because it, it likely that those companies are going to produce things that people need. Yeah. Not just want, but need. You need to have bread. You need to have um, food of all sorts. You need to have milk and, and meat and, and houses and all kinds of things. So there are certain taxes that you can look at, and you can... You're really, you can point to them. There's the income tax. And what's the highest tier on the income tax these Well, the days? highest tier isn't entirely fair, but the highest tier on the income tax is 35%. Okay, so let's be conservative and say a lot of people pay 25%. 25% is what you, um, is basically if you make over $31,850 a year. It's a good amount of Americans to do that. You pay 25% on that amount that's between that and 77000 So there's 25%. Then you got 15% Social Security taxes, which most people don't realize is 15%, because if you actually look at the percentage on your paycheck, it comes up to 7.5%, because most people don't know that the company that you work for is also paying a matching, so-called, 7.5% that's off of your uh, your pay stubs. Right, so and they wouldn't be paying that matching if you didn't work for them. It'd be going to you if it weren't for Social Security, that 7.5%. They're paying it to have you around, why wouldn't it be? So we're already up to 40%, and we've only touched on two federal taxes. So that's only two of them. I don't know what Medicare is, or Medicaid or whatever that other well, program is. To make it a little more complicated, um, 25% isn't what applies to everything you make if you make $32,000 a year. Mm-hmm. If you make $32,000 a year, it's only applied to um, 25% to $150, and then it's 15% on anything over $7,825 and 10% um, on anything below that. So you can see how complicated, complicated. this is. Right. So let's just do 25%. you are right. Let's just go to um, you know 15%. Then you know. Then you can just pick whatever taxes you want. There's the taxes, the hidden taxes on products. There's the taxes on on services. Forget products and services and all that stuff. I want to hit the big ones. What about if you own a house or you pay rent? Property tax oh, is yeah. tremendous. Oh my god! I mean, what are you paying um, on six on the, grand a year? You pay six grand a year. Um, now, depending on where you live, but six grand a year is by no means um, across the United States considered a phenomenal amount. Mm-hmm. Now, if you're making that same thirty-two thousand dollars a year, and you make and it's that six grand, you're talking um, you know, somewhere in the neighborhood of a quarter of your uh, excuse yeah. me, a twentieth, twenty-fifth, twenty percent of your um, of your of right. what you make. So now we're up to sixty percent already. Already, three taxes is what we talked about. 
So um, income tax, Social Security, so twenty five percent, fifteen percent, and twenty percent. We're mm-hmm. up to sixty percent. You know, it's it's not that it's not quite that easy. But yeah, you know, I mean, it, but it, we've only touched on three of them. It's true. I mean, yes, it's not quite that easy because the more and taxes then, we talk about, the more difficult it gets. Everything you um, you sort of all your expendable income, you get sales tax on. Um, so, you know, if uh, not your mortgage payment, not your um, electrical bill, but if you buy something at Walmart, likely you pay sales tax on it. Yep. Um, in in most, addition to the corporate in taxes. Most states. And, and Cell phone then, taxes, telephone taxes, mm-hmm. service taxes. I Every mean, time you, you pump it. a gallon of gas, you're probably paying 50 cents out of that yep. $3 at this point. It might even be higher now that the price of gasoline has gone up. I, I couldn't tell you. But it's likely you're paying 50 cents on every gallon you pump. That's a sixth of every, ga- um, you know, of, of every gallon of gas. That, so uh, there you go. I mean, just try it. If you, even trying to break this down is a mind-boggling task. There right. are so many taxes. There inevitably will be taxes you miss. Because remember, not only are you paying, uh, for instance, um, the, the corporate taxes, you're also paying the gasoline taxes that the truckers paid to bring products to the store. Mm-hmm. You're paying taxes on the electricity that the store is running and all those other costs. I mean, they're, they're all factored in. It's it's nutso to try to consider it. So if you actually take that, let's just say 60%. Let's just stop it there and say okay. it's 60% because we're going to drive ourselves insane thinking any further than right. that. Right. Well, 60% is not fair, but okay. Let's just take it. It is fair because if you look at all the other taxes we haven't even talked about, yeah. it would probably come up to 60%. Oh, I think that, the, I think that the, more. the number, if you really, really, really did the math, would come out to somewhere 75. like 75%. It could even be higher, especially if you make more money, but well, people just won't believe the look 75%. Look at the other indicators. Look at the other indicators of, uh, of tax burden on Americans. Look at the, uh, the fact that 52% or 52.6% of Americans are depending on government money these days. I mean, there's just a huge amount of wealth redistribution going on. If Americans were able to keep the money that they earn, all of it, and then spend it and save it and give it away in the ways they think are best, mm-hmm. the money will be better directed, better spent, and therefore increase wealth at such a dramatic uh, dramatic rate compared to what we have today. We would be so wealthy in the next couple decades, it would it's mind-boggling to think about the, uh, the increase in wealth this country could go through if it would just get rid of its insane obsession with taxation. We've got to go to the phones and talk to a man living here in New Hampshire. It's Chris. Uh, no, actually, he's not living in New Hampshire. He wants to talk about New Hampshire. He's currently in Indianapolis. Hey, Chris. Chris? Chris, are you there? Chris in Indianapolis? Yeah, can you hear me? Hey, we there got we you. Go. What's on your mind? Um, I was going to talk about that, but uh, and I don't know. Um, you can switch. Okay. Um, what I want to talk to you is um, privatizing the military. Okay. Oh, boy. Um, I'm going to let yeah. you talk to Ian on this one. <laughs> yeah, and that's who I wanted to talk to you. Um, sure. Ian, your, your uh, super extremist views are really, really fine, right? <laughs> As a, well... I think most of them are fine, mm-hmm. but you go way off with privatizing the military. Why? The military, the military keeps you from dying. No, it doesn't. That's yes, not true. it does. No, Believe sorry. Yes, the military does. doesn't keep me now, from dying. Now, hold on. I'm going to jump back in. I don't think the military's kept me from dying very much. Could you give me an example? Um... Well, I guess you could say World War Two, but yeah. Well, you know, I, I, okay. World War Two is probably the most legitimate example in the last hundred years, but I still yeah. say that it's not entirely um, legitimate. And let me let me um, pop this one out on you. Now, um, how how threatened would you feel if uh, if say a country were to attack Guam? Um, me, if I were the president, I wouldn't do na- I wouldn't do anything. Right, because I'd Guam isn't very um, important. Now, let's take into well, consideration. I mean, if, it, if it were France, I wouldn't do anything either. And well, if it were, if well, it were but, but, Mexico, oh, see, I probably See, here's the do point. Now, I'm going to uh, hold we'll you over, it. and I'm going to I've teased it now, and I'm going to yeah, tell you about it. Bring it back. Hang on, Chris. 800-259-9231. <laughs> talking about 
a radical idea, and that is private defense. It's Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live, and it's your show. You take control by bringing up whatever you want toll-free at 800-259-9231. The SACL CAI toll-free line for you. That's 1-800-259-9231, and you can join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features on our website, completely free. That includes the bulletin board system, over 225,000 posts and over 1,400 people interacting. There's a lot to talk about, serious issues and fun stuff. You'll find it all, and it's all for free at bbs.freetalklive.com. That's bbs.freetalklive.com. And the Free State Project's Porcupine Freedom Festival, better known as Porkfest, is June 18th through the 24th. At Porkfest, you'll be able to attend leadership and activist training seminars and tour New Hampshire on special Free State Project bus tours or on your own. Register today at porkfest.com. That's P-O-R-C-F-E-S-T.com. We'll be there. Hope you will, too. Back to Chris in Indianapolis. You're back on Free Talk Live. Now, Chris, um, you had uh, sort of made the assertion um, that, uh, you know, the military is uh, keeping us all free. I'm still alive because the military is here. Yeah. Okay. Um, and it's, it's, not, it's not that they fight all the time. It's that they exist. Okay. Now, and, now, um, and, and you, you used it to back it up, World War II, which is probably the best example, and I'm certainly giving it a, a nod to World War II as a protecting of our freedoms kind of thing. How is it protecting yeah. our freedoms? But I'd like to make a point on it. Now, um, I, I drew up the example of Guam. I asked you how you would feel if Guam was attacked. And you said you wouldn't really care, and you wouldn't care if France was attacked either, which uh, indicates to me that you don't know that Guam is a U.S. protectorate. <laughs> that is actually those people on Guam are U.S. citizens who can vote. Yeah, but the they're all they're all military. I, know, I was in the Navy and know quite a few people there. Okay, they're great. All in the military. Okay, and but there are some 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 local Guamians or Guamites or, or Guamanese or whatever they call those people. I'm not sure. Yeah, well, we'll fly we'll fly them out, you know, if we can. But but, but uh, anyway, so there there's there are people on Guam, and this is really what the, what um the what Hawaii was at the time. Hawaii was not a state in 1940 when it was bombed. Okay? Um, I mean, it is now, and it certainly seems like if somebody bombed a state, that'd be terrible. We should protect that state. But Hawaii wasn't a state. Hawaii was a prote- another protectorate like Guam or Micronesia or, uh, you know, American Samoa, places that just don't matter to the American people. So they, they really rattled the saber on this one. And, um, you know, Hawaii's in the middle of the Pacific, Japan had some islands in the middle Pacific. America had some islands in the middle Pacific. We, it was really a war to see who could be the biggest aggressor in the Pacific. <laughs> now, yeah. and, and I'm not so so. You know, I really got to take umbrage. Aggressive with, tactics that wouldn't have been possible without a military. Without a, without a very um, a, a big navy that was out l- around looking for trouble. Chris. <laughs> well, they weren't private, and they. Uh, here's the thing about. Okay, go ahead. I'll, I'll give you this uh, scenario. New Hampshire um, somehow secedes, and hey, Hawaii can secede, and, and Guam can become the capital of the United States. Makes no difference in the world we live in today. Um, New Hampshire secedes. Um, they want a private military. Uh, anybody attacks them, that military, <clears throat> Enron, you know, I mean, duh. What about Enron? It's one company in a uh, long, long list of companies that, you know, most companies do business on the up and up. What's your point with that? In a private, with a private military, they can be bought out. By they whom? They can be by, like, the biggest bidder, like China. You okay, know, can you give me, like, a scenario, like, what you mean, how that would play out exactly? Okay, okay. You got your, you, you secede, okay? And right. You, you create this, this thing, okay? and. Mm-hmm. The, 
everything about it I think would be absolutely phenomenal. It would be worth taking by force. And you, let's say, get all of Europe together somehow. Somebody gathers up all this money, and then they just buy you out. And then they bam, buy out the private. They, they, they buy, buy out, out one of the private military. defense companies. Now, because you understand, there's going to be more than one private defense company because it'll be a free market and, and inevitably all those competition. private defense companies. I, um, I can. I guess I can. Uh, you know, I'm a little facile with this. I should stay out of it entirely because I don't believe in the the concept. But you know, that pri- that private uh, defense company you're talking about is going to be staffed by New Hampshireites, um, mm-hmm. and you know, they they would then have to sell their moms, their dads, their brothers and sisters down the river, um, even if you bought. I mean, currently you could buy out a general, right? right. But his lieutenants and his privates aren't going to follow what he says if he um, if he says, "All right, turn your guns back towards the United States and start firing." You know, they're not going to do it. Yeah. So, you know, I mean, you've got some of the same problems right. there. What would the I orders think, be? I don't think that um, in a private militia setting, since New Hampshire's probably not going to go out and conquer the world like the United States has tried right. to do, they're probably not going to amass a huge land army. They're probably just going to have a militia, like volunteer fire departments, like, and there's a bunch of them across right, the state. For defensive purposes. Now, what you would have to be worried about is um, intercontinental ballistic missiles, which I'm not sure why anybody would want to shoot those at New Hampshire if they well, succeeded. Like, honestly, if, if anything goes nuclear anymore, more. There's so many countries out there that have nuclear weapons. It's, it's, I'm not going to say it's a game over, but like everybody talks about nukes and what if New York were to get nuked. Mm-hmm. Well, if it were to be lobbed from China, like let's say over a Taiwan issue, or they were to use nukes in like Taiwan, because they have regional nukes, and they, you know, yeah, we had a war, a conflict in Taiwan, we got like carriers out there, and one of our carrier battle groups gets nuked. Well, then that's, I mean, once you open up nukes against populations, then I would assume everybody would just start throwing them up, and everybody would all right. Well, I mean, yes, that's how theoretically a nuclear holocaust would work. In that, you know, one person fires it and then everybody else fires theirs. But of course, nobody wants to fire their nukes because the, uh, the you have to understand that political leaders. It's really easy for them to throw um, the troops into the line of fire, but to actually put their own butt on the line is a whole other situation. And they know that if they launch a nuke against another country, another nuke's going to come back against them, and they could die as a result of that. They don't want that. Now, it's not right. very likely that. I, I, that would I'd like to address that too. Now, let's let's. Let's say for a second, for some reason, um, I don't know, let's say that the United States uh, is mad at uh, New Hampshire, decides to nuke New Hampshire, right. shoots a uh, missile from Nevada um, you know, towards uh, Manchester. Okay, yeah, it's, it seem, seems ridiculous. No, no, <laughs> it's still in the air. Now, in oh, okay. 19, okay. Uh, 1939, I believe, uh, Germany shot uh, Paris from Berlin with a giant gun. Okay? Now, I'm talking about uh, technology that's almost 75 years old now. Just a big, giant gun, like the ones they have on boats, but bigger because, well, you couldn't put it on a boat. Um, You can just shoot... BBs, ball bearings, that kind of thing, into the air, um, at, and you can do this on a repeating basis every second. Um, I think that you could have this kind of equipment, this kind of weapon, um, at every volunteer station. A defensive uh, weapon. Oh. Um, like me and my buddies, my, actually I have a friend here, he'd like to have a segment or whatever, but I doubt he could. Uh, he's totally different person, but he's been waiting to. Anyway, uh, I had to say that. Um, you can make a rifle that fires like a large caliber bullet and literally nuclear device inside that bullet. That is a possibility. A 500-pound bomb with every pull of the trigger. 
I understand what you're saying, and you know, at some point it would be a problem. But, oh yeah. Um, I mean, you know, <laughs> yeah. wh- why do you want to n- nuke Manchester? Is is my first question. But and now after that, right. now uh, you know, we're talking about inter um, intercontinental ballistic missiles, and I was giving you a scenario for intercontinental ballistic missiles, and you switched it up on me now to a nuclear um, headed. Well, that's just it. You can keep round. switching. <laughs> yeah, that's just it. You can keep switching the scenario to some new developed, newfangled weapon. And the fact is. I, you know, you can mention all the scary weapons and the scary people around the world that well, you want I, to, but it doesn't it doesn't freak me out, Chris. Get, my point of that was that nuclear weapons are really not ever going to get used. Okay. You're not going to see them in your lifetime. Okay, <laughs> but, but, but that's fine. I, I don't want to talk about specific weapons. I want to talk about defense yeah, and why yeah. it's more effective on a private basis. And it's very simple. Uh, competition in the marketplace always do better than centralization and government bureaucracy. And I would prefer to put my defense in the hands of privateers in search of a profit than bureaucrats any old day. Thank you for the call. If you want to discuss it further, call us again sometime. we got other calls to get to. 800-259-9231. It's just a matter of principle. You know, just because there's scary people out there doesn't mean I want to take the government's defense. Yeah. Our archives, website, and podcast will continue to stay free, but if you think other people deserve to hear this show, consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month at amp.freetalklive.com. Help free some minds. Visit amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live, and it's your show. You can bring up whatever you want. Toll free. 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line for you. one 800 Two five nine ninety two thirty one. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features for free, including live streams, broadband version of the show, and a dial-up version waiting for you for free at freetalklive.com. And do you know uh, if your hard-earned wealth is at risk? If you have a business, there's a one in three chance you'll be named in a lawsuit in the next year. That lawsuit could destroy your business and leave you penniless. At KeepYourAssets.net, they're experts in sheltering what you've earned. So go to KeepYourAssets.net and take their asset protection crash course today. That's KeepYourAssets.net. I just wanted to make one more point uh, or so on this whole private defense issue. Because it's a deep, deep issue and, a, and an issue that is, is confusing and, and hard to grasp. I mean, you think to yourself, oh, my gosh, what would we do without the military? And Chris, uh, that we had on the phone a few moments ago, was you know, basically taking the position that uh, the military, the existence of it, deters attacks from other countries around the world. And that may be the case. That, you know, that certainly may be true. Governments are afraid of other governments to an extent, for sure. But... Who's to say that an effective, privately-based, uh, decentralized defensive force that the, that the free market would come up with wouldn't be even more of a dissuasive uh, factor, even more of a uh, deterrent for countries around the world? I mean, just look at what's happening in Iraq. The biggest, most powerful military in the world is being taken on by a ragtag group of insurgents. Now, if you don't think that you could take... That sort of concept and multiply it times, you know, 10 or so or 100 here in America because, you know, the people in America, they're wealthier. They'd be able to buy more weapons. Uh, the defensive companies would, would be in existence and they'd be trained. They would be effective at, uh, at defensive, uh, per, at defensive fighting. And, you know, the, any country that tried to, uh, to intervene would have, in my opinion, it's butt handed to it. You know, one of the things the caller was alluding to, he didn't quite get to. He was uh, bringing up the specter of, uh, mostly, it seemed to me, of um, some country outside of, uh, you know, 
the United States attacking us, and and it sort of moved between the uh, fictitious country of uh, New Hampshire and then the real country of the United States. And it got it got difficult to uh, a little amorphous, but um, I think that our biggest problem is the same problem we have today: the enemy from within. The enemy that, uh, you know, currently we have a big government that uh, leeches somewhere between, uh, I don't know, 30 and 75 percent of every man, woman and child's, uh, uh, you know, production out of them in order to feed this behemoth that it has become. Well, when um, you... You know, th- that's a tempting thing. And I think that likely your problems would come from within. Mm. You start giving tanks out to people. Um, you know, the, the local uh, chief of the local volunteer fire department has a, has a couple of Bradley fighting vehicles, and suddenly he thinks he's, uh, he's the next Napoleon. <laughs> um, I, I'm only saying, right? Yeah. <laughs> like, th- these, these scenarios bother me as much as um, more than some large com- uh, country trying to take over. I don't think a large country could take over a United States with a very small um, go- small uh, central government because they're really it would just be United States rather than the United States. Well, that's another factor, and and it goes into you know the reality of what would really happen. Okay, so let's say that the U.S. military is no longer a deterrent to one country, and one country decides it's going to have a go at it. And it's going to attack the United States, okay. right? Now, hold on. Um, what's the scenario? What, what did the United States look like at this time? Uh, it's current form. Okay. It's current form. Okay. With a big, scary military. So Canada decides to roll well, across the border. Some a country, doesn't matter which one it was, decides it's going to have a go at it. And it rolls tanks or planes or whatever it needs to. And Canadians to, are the nicest people. Attack. They won't attack anybody. Now, you have to remember, uh, most Americans, like Chris, believe, and Chris was in the military, so, I mean, it's totally understandable. They believe the military's there to protect them, but they're wrong. The military's there to protect the government. Where do you think that the military commanders are going to station their tanks and stuff? You think they're going to station them around the state houses? You think they're going to station them around the military bases? Or are they going to put one in your neighborhood? Hmm? What do you think? Where do you think their resources are going to be allocated to? What do you think their priorities are as far as uh, structure and infrastructure to defend are concerned? Come on! The government's going to protect its own first and foremost. And it's going to either lose or win while it's protecting its own. When a government fights a government, the government defends its whatever it's got, uh, whatever infrastructure it has to, to defend. If it loses, then, the, then that infrastructure, the tanks and the bombs and the buildings and the bases, gets turned over to the winner. And if it wins, then a bunch of people die and the loser goes away. Uh, you aren't going to be protected in all this. You and your family members are going to be a casualty at be- at uh, at worst, and hopefully you'll escape the country at best, because uh, you're not going to be able to count on the U.S. military for your protection. If another country invades, it's once again, as it always is, going to be incumbent upon you and your family members and your neighbors and your friends to defend yourself and your neighborhoods. Because, I mean... You're not going to be able to pick up 911 and call the military in to send in a you know a B-2 bomber right. to defend your area of the country. They're too busy defending their bases and stuff. Well, he did say that it's the existence of the military that keeps people away. I know. No. I, I'm now I was talking about the reality of the right. situation. Did. If someone were to attack, I, I'm just the reality I'm is to give the military doesn't shake, care. You know, the military doesn't care about you. And in no. fact, then in in many cases, it may actually give the military the excuse to turn on the draft again. 
not to say that Americans wouldn't rally to its its country's defense, but the military is a, is a sick agency that that coerces people into working for it in a uh, private situation. They'd actually have to give people incentives and you know get them to sign up on a voluntary basis. So there's all kinds of reasons here. Let's go to the phone so and talk to you about what you want to talk about. It is Chuck in Nevada on the amplifier line. Hey Chuck, what's on your mind? Well, um, first, real quick. Um... My Glock and my Pitbulls protect me. So That's it. That's all you can count on is you. Um, and another thing, the battery on the MP3 player. Do you happen to know what it is? Oh, the one what on our website at stored.freetalklive.com? Yeah. I believe it's a triple A, but I, you, don't quote me on that. Send an email to Johnson or post it on our, our, our BBS, and he'll get that uh, answer for you. All righty. Okay, so um, I was watching TV the other night on satellite, and I came across this uh, channel called Link. Hmm. And it happens to have a couple libertarian-style videos and stuff that it plays on it. Uh, Norm Chomsky. I, uh, I wouldn't. I wouldn't consider <laughs> Norm Chomsky a libertarian. He he may be anti-war in this particular war's case, but he's not even anti-war across the board, and he's a dyed-in-the-wool socialist. <laughs> okay. Well, the next video I played was actually on Google, and that's kind of what got my little thought experiment going. Mm-hmm. Um, the idea, the libertarian ideas that. Are presented on the show and that we talk about um, go from now forward, correct? That's correct. Why don't they work for the past? What can you mean? Can you explain that question a little better? Um, well, I'm thinking. Okay, in the past we didn't have it, it. wasn't the information age. We didn't have you know the internet and everything everywhere, so we couldn't spread the message of the libertarian ideas around to people. Would you agree with that? Well, that that much is true. I thought you were saying why can't um, why wouldn't libertarianism has worked and um, in the past the principles would have worked in the past. It's just that the it's past just, is gone and we can't change it. And so it's difficult to, to um, make the arguments because the past isn't something that you can like. History is written by winners, right? So um, you have to do you have to argue against people's perception of what history was like, which is many cases skewed, very skewed yeah. and very socialist. Like if you ask people what it was like in meatpacking plants around the turn of the um, century, you know, from the 19th to the 20th century, they're going to imagine that uh, good, hardworking uh, people were having their arms and legs lopped off and canned up and uh, you know into these meat cans, and because that's, that's what it says in the jungle, that's what it said. You know, yeah. what, what is it, Upton Sinclair's yeah. jungle? You know, because that's what he said. It must be true. And so it's very difficult to argue against that. It's difficult to argue against, um, why did we get into World War II? My God, Hawaii was attacked. You know, uh, these things are difficult right. to argue against. So you, it's best to start with today. <laughs> okay. Well, uh, I'm going to go with the information kind of age thing where okay. there wasn't a lot of information being spread around. That, uh, fine. And, and it's okay. accurate. <laughs> so I, I asked myself, well, when we look at something like a national ID card, mm-hmm. why don't we want it? Because There's it's lots of information in one place, and it's easy to abuse. Yeah, it's well, likely... we also that's not necessarily it. Um, it's also the fact that the federal government would have that information. It's the it's the keeper of that information, uh, one that will coerce you into giving them that information, as opposed to you know if I wanted to in the uh, the free marketplace. And hang on, Chuck, we'll bring you back. If I wanted to in the free marketplace get a free market identification, which would be in demand, I would think, because businesses are still going to want to know who you are. Then I would be able to choose my identity company and choose what information I give up and and volunteer into the whole system. Real ID, not so voluntary. More on the way. It's Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show. The final moments. Just enough time for your call. Maybe. 
at 800-259-9231. The SACL CAI toll-free line. Ian here with you. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. Great way to support the show is to buy some Free Talk Live stuff at store.freetalklive.com. There are all kinds of neat products, including a brand-new Free Talk Live 2-gigabyte multi-gadget. It's an MP3 player, a flash drive, an FM tuner, and a voice recorder all rolled into one. And for less than 60 bucks, we've got the brand-new Free Marketeer t-shirt, the Free Talk Live ladies' tees, uh, the brand-new Free Talk Live hoodies in a zippered and pullover style. Also, um, that's two different styles and different colors. Uh, also, we have the uh, Free Talk Live beanie cap, the lighter bottle opener combo, and all of our older products, all available, store.freetalklive.com. Plus, I'm selling my house. Price reduction drastically slashed to $175,000. You get, uh, you'll live in my old house. And it's uh, it's a pretty nice house. How come we don't advertise my house? I've got a house for sale. Well, am I going to get a uh, cut? Why would you get a cut? If it sells through Free Talk Live? What, what, wait a second. Do I get I, a cut of every other advertiser do, you bring in. Do I get a cut of the uh, the, the, the sweatshirts that you sell? No. The, well, there you you're go. not packaging those things up. Well, that boy, hey, what are you doing about my house? <laughs> I don't want to sell my house on the air. I think it's a little weird. All right, so go to house.freetalklive.com. All right, let's go to the phones and talk again to Chuck in Nevada. Chuck, uh, where were we? Uh, we were talking about how a national ID card and um, the reason it's bad. You know, there's lots of. Thank I you for paying more attention to my show than I was. That's great. <laughs> well, not I, not I a bad recap. I have all this written down. <laughs> um, but um, basically, I, I see a lot of information in one place being bad. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Uh, the government shows consistently over and over and over again that it doesn't matter whether it's uh, you know its own employees, its own former employees, or it just its citizens in general, that if you give it information, it's likely to lose it, and that information will end up in the hands of uh, online criminals and people that will try to steal your identity. You know, I've never suggested this before, and, and I agree with you uh, on that, Chuck, that uh, info in one place, bad idea, especially in the hands of government bureaucrats who have a nasty habit of just losing laptops and that sort of thing with the hundreds of thousands of names and information on them. Uh, but, you know, obviously there have been instances uh, over the past couple of years that we've reported on Free Talk Live of major private information clearinghouses losing information as well, getting hacked or, or losing a laptop or something yeah. like that. But um, That's but, actually what I saw was basically Google, and it's collecting every single thing it can get its hands on, mm-hmm. and it's working with the government. It doesn't delete anything at all. So if, you know, 10 years down the road, your kid wants to go look up what you talked about on some forum, it's still there. Um, yes. Which it, is kind of yeah. neat because you can find old forum posts from me from, from BBSs from over 10 years ago on Google. It's amazing. disturbing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they were explaining how search engines work, how they, they go out and they collect information and they store it in their own database. And that's what you're searching. You're searching their database. You're not searching the Internet. That's true. Um, Google's an amazing product. I, I like their services, and I like what they're doing, and I'm not too concerned about the information they're collecting. If I was, then I'd be more careful about the information that I, uh, that I input in there. And that brings me to the, uh, the fundamental point on this, and that is that uh, privacy, which seems to be something that you're concerned with, privacy is something that must be uh, worked on. You have to put effort into privacy. You have to, uh, in many cases, spend money in order to have privacy. It's not just they something that you... They say in their privacy policy that they are working with government uh, when requested and if they feel they need to. Mm-hmm. Well, most companies are that way. I mean, they're afraid of the government, and so whenever government comes calling, they'll do whatever they ask. Though, to, to Google's credit, uh, they have fought the government in, in recent cases and, and fought to protect the privacy of their users. So they're not rolling over on every single case. 
um, to be fair to them. But but let's yeah. talk about what might happen. And this is a, this is an area I don't think we've ever really gotten into. Think about all of the uh, private information, the private databases that have been compromised over the years. In, in a lot of ways, governments, num, um, govern, for instance, government social security number is something that ties a lot of databases together. It's a, it's a unique identifying number that many organizations utilize, like banks and that sort of thing, uh, in order to help identify a person. What would happen if the government were gone and the marketplace were in charge of, of coming up with these identifiers and these uh, you know, private I- identification cards and that sort of thing. What happens when you call a bank in Switzerland? You give them a password and you have access to your account. I've signed up for many, many, many services online where I've never needed an actual identification you know, card. That's good to know. So, Switzerland, use... so Swiss banks don't require a social security number or anything like that? I'm assuming it, that's all off of... Probably movies and stuff I've seen. But, oh, okay. Yeah. Well, that's not quite as, not quite the same thing, but but it's, nonetheless, it sounds likely to me. You can but get the, a, if you have a number and you have a password. I mean, but think about it. I mean, as far as the thought experiment is concerned, we've seen how the marketplace develops uh, amazing technology uh, when left unfettered and uh, and makes it amazingly cheap and affordable for people uh, to to utilize. Why is it that identification wouldn't be one of those products and services, and why is it that a secure identification wouldn't be one of those things as well? And the fact is. Uh, I think it would be. A lot of privacy services are already available. There are already ways to mask one's uh, one's information. Simple ways like, uh, I mean, simple stuff like having a private mailbox is is one easy way uh, to, you know, p- throw someone off your trail as far as if they're trying to find out where you live and that sort of thing. Um, and there's but a variety of other What scares me really is, is, you know, is the government going to be able to use this information before we have a chance to reduce the government? Or is it just too much information out there that our... Our population is not even concerned with government anymore, and we're not even going to be able to get our message through. When you say, is the government going to use this information, what do you mean by that? I don't know exactly how they would use it, but, you know, just like they're they're calling libertarians um, terrorists now or terror suspects, you know, as as we, uh, has been reported before. Mm-hmm. Um you know, if they're going to do, well, they could do some search and look. You're talking for about like a roundup, yeah. rounding people up. I don't know. I mean, that's certainly it, it doesn't scary. seem likely to me. I mean, you Just remember like the whole the Michigan, you remember the whole Michigan militia scare that went on in the mid early mid 90s. Mm. I mean, you know, they've been they've had plenty of information then too, and and that's those are sort of libertarian constitutional types there. I, I don't know. I well, don't it's see not it as happening. Easy, it's not going to be as easy to uh, unearth and identify libertarians because many of the, many libertarians are very privacy conscious mm-hmm. and they're very yeah, all restrictive. All I mean, they have to do is look up your Google uh, or your IP and see what you you know search for in Google. Well, again, uh, that's going to be you know that's a difficult thing to do. Um, I don't know if Google would allow them to do that sort of thing, nor would it necessarily identify anyone. I mean, it would identify IP addresses, um, and I guess depending on the searches, you could gain a little bit more information. But once again, you know, there are some people that went to Porkfest last year that weren't even telling others their real names. I mean, in a group full of libertarians, they were being privacy conscious. So there's a lot of libertarians out there that are really totally under the radar. And if you want to go that direction, you can go that way in your life. You you can. There are going to be some sacrifices you'll have to make, but that's the price of privacy. And thank you for the call, Chuck. We appreciate it. 800-259-9231. Let's talk to Short on Time, Short on Calls here. Ryan in California, you're on Free Talk Live. Hey. um, uh, It's debatable whether or not uh, Hitler and Mussolini and uh, Japan uh, posed a a long-term threat to Europe, and even more questionable whether or not they posed a threat to the United States. Indeed. But one thing we could have done 
that we didn't do in 1935 when the Nuremberg laws were passed and um, people were essentially denaturalized um, is individuals in the United States and uh, companies in the United States could have promoted, invited, and facilitated um, people coming from Europe over to the United States. Uh, the people could have risen up and said, hey, come on over here. This is a free area. Um, and um, They could have, but there was a story that. that we read recently uh, where the U.S. immigration bureaucrats were turning uh, Jewish people away from this country. Mm-hmm. And so instead right. of doing that, we were rejecting those people. We were rejecting those people from coming here and making a better life for themselves. And then we locked up the Japanese Americans. Yep. Not the right uh, attitude. Otherwise, uh, I, uh, I'm also a Diet Coke addict. Uh, I do drink about 12 Diet Cokes. Um, good and Lord. That's been, uh, that's been for about 10 years. Per day? And, uh, there's a good side. And that, uh, I've been able to uh, read a lot um, that mm-hmm. I wouldn't have otherwise read. Maybe. Maybe that's just an excuse. But there is a serious uh, downside to it. And I'm trying to quit. And I want to say on Free Talk Live right now that it's my intention to not drink another Diet Coke again, and I hope the next time I call I can say I was successful. Let us know how you, how it goes, and thanks for bringing that up. We appreciate hearing from you at 800-259-9231. I like that perspective. You know, open the, the doors and say, come here. You know, get away from this, these horrible places. Come here. Start your own business and Absolutely. start your that, life here. That's what the Statue of Liberty says. Sierra, that's what it's supposed to be about in America. You know, but and, it was and restricted it, back then and even worse today. It'd be one thing you could say, to, um, you know, when, when people say, uh, well, oh my God, Hitler was killing the Jews. You'd let the Jews die. Well, if we would have let them in in the first place, then, my God, then we might have an excuse for going over there and, you know, Go ahead. Barry, you've got, uh, unfortunately, a very short period of time, but uh, we've got a, a little bit, maybe 30 seconds. Uh, Barry, you're on okay, free talking. That's okay. I got it all outlined right here. <clears throat> Excuse me for my voice. Uh, to Chris, and to sum up the whole military thing. Uh, yes. The military equals killing so you don't get killed or invaded. You know, that's how I feel about that. It comes down to how we really treat each other, you know. We're screwing each over, each other over for the almighty buck a new form of torture as far as I'm concerned. The rich do it to maintain their safety and I'll continue trying to claw my way to the top. I wish we could have you call back tomorrow night so we could really more discuss this better because uh, we don't have enough time to comment on that. But thank you for the call. It's been Ian here with you. And Mark. And we'll be back tomorrow night online in the meantime. FreeTalkLive.com DVD, books, music, instruments, periodicals, computers, software, electronic, photo, cell phone, office product, home and garden, bed and bath, furniture, kitchen, pet supplies, automotive, hardware, apparel, shoes, jewelry, grocery, healthcare, sports and outdoors, toys, games, used and more. It's a department store at your fingertips. Amazon.freetalklive.com. Get all your shopping done, a great deal, delivery to your door, and a percentage of your purchase will go to Free Talk Live when you enter Amazon through Amazon.freetalklive.com. 